Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. And the music remains. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. It is the 21st day of February, a special day in the Wisps family. The McCafe menu is locked and loaded. Justin Quill, partner at Major Law, for, uh, law Firm, Thompson Gear, to join us on the back of the Joel Smith revelations. Sammy Edmonds got all of that news. He'll be in out of seven. So early call for Sammy, but uh, the story of the day. Darren Buick's going to join us. He coached Will Parker. He's now at Collingwood. We spoke about that story yesterday. Tracy Neville, the Melbourne Mavericks coach, she's going to be in the studio with us. Questions about that. That's a whole heap of thing. Not off to a great morning, it has to be said here at SEN Breakfast. The Excellent Wisp, start. No, anything but. The Wisp has butchered the coffee big time. <laughs> butchered it. <laughs> no, it's not my I fault. I for one cup of coffee. No, no, the milk looks like it's curdled, though. Oh, I don't know how, how that happens in the fridge. It's used by date is not until the 25th of February. It's and by the way, funky. happy birthday to my mum this morning. Edna's, happy birthday to Edna. Is happy she birthday. Or not? No. She's not at six. She yeah. doesn't know that I do radio. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't told her. That's cool. What are you doing for Edna's birthday? Um, I'm going to give her a call. That's what I'm going to do. What time would you call her? Uh, later this morning. She'll say, hello, Tim. How's the weather? If she's leaving my mum. We often talk about the weather. <laughs> we talk we about the weather. Talk about All the the weather. What you got for dinner? Yeah. Uh, the weather. What did you have last night? Who's been visiting? <laughs> They have things. a lot of visitors, my mum and dad, up there in Ballarat. Hey, Lots uh, of visitors. Well, good on anyway, you. happy birthday. And she's fit mum. and healthy and well. Oh, crikey. How old, am I allowed to ask or not? Yes, 86. Wow, that's great. Oh, she'll, <laughs> I think it's 86. Around 86. Oh, Around 86. 85, 86 or 87. One that, of those. Take that's a pick. Great. That's great. Hey, uh, my, uh, my son sent through seven song nominations. Did you get those nominations, Brooke? For, um, for, um, no, he didn't. He didn't send him, <laughs> didn't, he didn't didn't send him. him the book, <laughs> so I won't talk about him anymore. Well, There's no one he doesn't speak to, Joel. <laughs> he'll, play, he'll play him tomorrow. Uh, I asked Joel. Joel uh, Brook is a mad Bulldog fan, yeah. and I just asked, did, did you hear the answer to the question I asked him this morning about uh, what is exciting him about his team this year? No, I tu- Well, I he started talking out. about the coaching changes there and all the what different assistant changes? coaches at oh. the Bulldogs. Yeah. I said, what about something that's happening on field, you know, with the players? Yeah. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, Tim English, well, Australian's going to get better. Jamaro Eagle-Hagan's going to get better. Sam Darcy's put in a, a full pre-season. He's put on some size. And this kid, Riley Sanders, their pick eight. Oh, he's not giving us much. Yeah, uh, he said he's, he's supposed got, to be our insider. Apparently he's going to be a gun. Joey apparently on the, Snowy on the tram a... could have told us all that. <laughs> apparently he's going to be a gun. Well, we talk about a meat bones. He spoke with Jared yesterday. 
uh, interesting. This made, in fact, I'm, I'm really interested to talk about Elite Veins with you after oh, yeah? when we get stuck in that the interview. Footy. Yes, because there was uh, some revelation. Honesty wasn't in footy is not a strong suit of most clubs. In fact, no, um, that's the first you, casualty. When you are honest and come out and just concede to a few things, well, guess what? Did you think that he was super honest yesterday? Yeah, I haven't like, listened to no, it. No, I've so. heard. I've only heard the bits and pieces, and I've read the transcripts. And yeah, he said, "Yeah, we had it. some tensions. Yeah, mm. just make some admissions, mm. clear the deck, and get mm. on with it." I liked it. Mm. Mm. Well, I think I think sometimes football clubs forget that they're actually communicating with their own people out there. They think that they're fi- facing like a firing squad, but what they're really doing is they're talking to their members, and yeah. their members want to hear it. They want to hear it straight. Yeah. They want to hear the truth. They want to hear the story behind what's taking place. So it was good if he did that. I'm, and I'm pleased for him and I'm pleased for the Bulldogs. Well, yeah. Uh, we'll get other reactions to it as we and I were both busy yesterday. I haven't caught up with everything. But it appeared to me to be pretty upfront and conceded some things. And, yeah, let's get on with it. Fair enough. Yeah. And you and I, we did some uh, other stuff yesterday because uh, we learnt that Fev, Brendan Favola, had a bill, unpaid fines and parking fines and tickets and things like that, that amassed a fine of something like $26,000. Toll. I read tolls. Yeah, tolls, all of it, right? That's, so, a, lot of, that's a lot of trips on the toll, <laughs> on the toll road. Although it is getting expensive if you're in a ute. So they, they found him, yeah. the sheriff, and uh, we said uh, to him, well, you know, did, did it get physical at any stage? And this is what he had to say. Pressure point! 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 Well, not only that, not only that, like, he thought that he needed to call, <laughs> call in some backup support. Yeah, who did he call for? Have a listen. Steven Seagal! Steven Seagal! Steven Seagal! Steven Seagal! Steven Seagal. Hey, Steven Seagal. Oh, hey, Steven. Steven <laughs> he, he tried to get Steven to help him out, but we, he didn't want to We get watched him. that again oh, before. Crikey. That is very funny, that. Imagine if that that is like, very funny. Imagine if about that today. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Um, oh, I when, wonder, oh, can you beat him? Is there anybody out there yeah. who's sitting on more fines than $26,000 worth of unpaid parking and toll fines? You know, I haven't actually, I should read that whole article. He, so he got the sheriff or whatever, 27000 yep. and then he just paid it, did he? Well, he had to, yeah. Well, can't you negotiate? Why wouldn't he negotiate? Well, maybe most, he did. Most people would go back and go, listen, oh, 27 grand, let's go Arby's. I'll give you a 10. Yeah. Maybe 15. Yeah, 736. What is your worst mm. outstanding fine situation? If you got one just sitting on the mantelpiece at home, I, I panic if I, if I if I forget to pay my fine. I panic if I get one. If I get one parking ticket, I pay. Hey, and be careful out there too. This is a warning for everybody. Yeah. There are a lot of scammers out there. I had to pay a toll thing the other day because oh. of that borrowed car I had. Yeah. Right, so I got a three day pass, which and I paid, which everything is above board. But since that time, mm. I don't know whether they've just intercepted it somehow, the scammers or whatever, but right. I'm getting these fake Who ones. from? Linked. Yes. Same. Fake. So. Well, this, how am I going to go? Because we're going to speak to uh, Justin Quill, Quilly later, mm. right? So he's the main um, legal mind in this town. Talk about the Joel Smith situation, all, all that. I, I also got one of those, right, from Linked. Yep. And it said, you know, you haven't paid, but I've yep. got a linked account. I go down the peninsula once or twice a week, so my tolls, I've never not not pay the toll. It's automatic. Mm. Then I got this outstanding one for 50 bucks or whatever. 
And they kept they kept saying, you're going to go, you know, we're going to hand it over to debt collector if you don't do it. And I asked some people and they said, no, don't pay that. How would I go legally if I didn't if I don't pay it because I think it's a scam and it's not a scam? You won't have a you won't have a leg to stand on. Why? Because you have to investigate to find out whether or not it's I a did. scam. I investigated. And, and what did is it a scam or not? Well, it it would appear that it is because I've got a linked account. Mm. Any tolls should be going to that. Therefore, That's right. there wouldn't be anything outstanding. Right. So, in my eyes, yes, it's a scam. Right. In their eyes, they're going to send me to some debt collector <laughs> for fifty-two bucks. <laughs> Ignore it. Yeah, I'm going to ignore it. No, just ignore it. Ignore well, I will, it. but if I have to go to jail, how am I going to go? Good. You'll be good in there. You oh. look like you've been in jail for – you look like you've been on uh, a, a deserted island for 12 months anyway. You'll be fine in there. Speaking of that, we haven't spoken about Survivor this year. You haven't watched it. No, I haven't watched it. I've loved it. What's good about it? It's just – my frustration in recent Survivor years, as you know, we're Survivor fanatics – is the in or unwillingness of people to make moves. They just go along with it until they mm. get voted out. Mm. The first you know, couple of uh, weeks, there was aggressive uh, blindsiding going on. <laughs> I loved it. The former AFL player, though, he made uh, a few too many moves too early, though, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. He lined himself with someone that wasn't <laughs> that popular. And then, he's outski. Um, he's gone. Outski, outski. Uh, Nathan Freeman. Nathan so. Freeman. Um Yesterday, yeah. I had to go on the freeway. I went out to oh, Essendon, and I then know, I know on my way back, I had to take Footscray Road. So oh. I was going to Docklands, right? I got onto the ramp, got down onto Footscray Road, and then I saw a sign saying detour, right? So Footscray Road had been shut down. So then I got detoured through Docklands, in and around past the ice skating centre there, and then back around mm. and took mm. forever, and mm. the traffic was all banked up and... Then I got back onto the where I needed to go, which is Channel 7 on mm. the corner there near mm. Marvel Stadium. And I'm just I'm, – this is just a warning for people. There are so many roads that are shut down around <sighs> Docklands at the moment. If you are going to the Matildas game at Marvel Stadium, I think it's next week, one night next week, mm. just be very, very careful about your plans for where you might want to park or if you're going to take your car. Cut my to message chase, to everybody would be chase. take public transport. That would be my it's suggestion. It's a shoys and hole. Down there. Well, there's a lot of work going on in and around there. Well, too. when the footy starts, what's I don't know. Happen? Well, Is Warrenjury way back? Can no, people, not, no, it's not. People who live around or work around there or travel around there, it, when the footy starts at Marvel Stadium, it's going to be a nightmare. Ha- well, if all this is still going well, on when the footy starts, the it's going to be an absolute Move all the games. From, <laughs> it's going to be an there. absolute nightmare. Because that is a. Sh- Last year, I tried to get out of there one day because Footscray Road was shut. Yep. And? Oh, the Raptor went some places. The Raptor went. <laughs> the Hilux went to some places that it shouldn't go to. I tell you right now, Wisp. I couldn't. It was it was the worst. You know what I'm like with traffic. Yeah, terrible. Let us know what's going on around there. And, and the will other, it be right by the time the footy starts? And the other thing I want to throw out there this morning is the local news agent in my area has shut down, and then the one in the neighbouring suburb has also shut down. Is this something that's happening all around Melbourne? Are news agents shutting down everywhere? Yeah, Are we, is that because we're not buying newspapers? Are they and going magazines? the way of the milk bar? Uh, it, it appears so. Well, that makes sense, you know, because you don't go in like you used to go in and get your uh, Herald Sun, Weekly Times, and the Penthouse. You don't do that anymore. <laughs> no, I don't. You're right. It's been a long time since I bought the penthouse <laughs> in the Playboy flick, magazine. You used to flick through it when you were no, when delivering we, papers in Dimbo. Well, we did. Yes, but we did. But that was because everybody used to shuffle the paper through the Herald Sun while I was having a read in the morning <laughs> and we'd head off on the bike. 
Now, I'm getting a lot of feedback on LinkedIn, on the LinkedIn, and yeah. I appreciate it. Log into your account, check if your money's out, if you owe any money, don't hit any links, and uh, and that's it. And that's exactly what I did. I got on my official thing, I don't owe any money, so uh, it would appear that it is just one of those links, yeah. uh, one of those fraud things. Yeah. Hey, Nancy, just send that in. So, Nancy, when she was 16, yeah. uh, she was in the Royal Children's Hospital at the Good Friday Appeal. We had a photo taken together, and she oh. wants to know whether I could sign it. I would love to sign that for you, Nancy. Just send, just send it in. Yeah. What's our address here, Gary? Our address is SEN 1116 South uh, Bank, 111 Coventry Street, South Bank. There you go, 111 Coventry Street, South Bank. Send it in, the whisper will do that. And he'll probably... I wouldn't be surprised if he throws something else in, Nancy. He won't just sign it. He'll he'll get us something special for you. Right. Um, I had the lunch yesterday, KO, KO Fox Footy ah. launch lunch. Where was that? It's down a commune in um, South Bank. Yep, had to go. It's good. Yep. yep. Who was there? Isaac Quainer. I went up. Uh, the Isaac Quainer, Tom Stewart and uh, Chloe Malloy are KO ambassadors. Ah. Great choices. Great choices. They did, speak. They all speak so well. They do. Did Isaac pass the sniff test? I, I what was up, he wearing yesterday? I walked up to him and I just sniffed him. <laughs> <laughs> goes, I wonder how many hey, people... What are you doing? I said, we were talking about how good you smell on radio. He goes, what do you think? What do you think? I said, beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> He's a good lad. I like him. He I like is. him a lot. He is. Actually... So, actually Tom Stewart's a ripper as well. Is Chloe Malloy's a star. Yeah, no, she's very so good. done well there. Um, did he smell with a – did he – because he had – well. On Friday when I smelt him, I thought that he had a little bit of uh, blackberry and oud about mm, him. Yeah. What, what did you think yesterday? Sandalwood. A bit of sandalwood? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's gone a little bit – uh, He has a different – He's got a bit more forest. One makes a different day. <laughs> but he's uh, – he looks fit. He's not that big either. That's what I said yesterday. Yeah. He's right. 180, and you said, "Ah, oh, come on, Wisp." You thought he was 189. Well, I thought you were going. You were going one way or the other. You, you were asking the question because he's either a lot taller than we thought or a lot mm. shorter. I went a lot taller. He plays tall, doesn't he? Oh, he plays hard. How tall do you reckon he plays? He plays 193. <laughs> SM Breakfast Book Online for the best roads at Melbourne Airport We're going to tackle, not tackle, but we'll discuss with great interest the the whole Sean Smith. There's some really Provocative mm. language in in all that, which relates to uh, the sports integrity body that is uh, the running that side of things from a footy point of view. Um, we'll get to some legalities. We'll talk about sources, uh, all that sort of stuff. So we're going to get into that out of seven when Sammy Edmund joins us. Session breakfast. It's powered by Kubota for over forty years. Been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. We are rambling for Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil grown, harvested and uh, first cold pressed in northern Victoria. It's only a couple of hours from the tree to the bottle, whispers. That's how how, uh, fresh it is. I know, Gary. Gary, I use use almost a bottle a weekend when I'm cooking down there. You've gone liberal. Um, and you can head down the rabbit hole because uh, we're doing the rabbit hole podcast today. Explore our passions away from footy and sport. You can listen via the SEN app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's all thanks to Tyre Power. Customer safety comes first. We're talking wardrobe budgets today oh, we are too. on the podcast. We are. After we learnt last week, was it, that story about Lisa Wilkinson having a $100,000 wardrobe budget, if you can believe that. 
$100,000. How'd that go down in the newsreader at Channel 7? Did the, did the it went down newsreaders and the uh, those in that business of making themselves look presentable, did that raise some let's well just manicured say eyebrows? It raised some eyebrows, it did, yes. Because back in the day, we used to have a wardrobe budget. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. But uh, those days are long gone. And I think everybody in TV thought that those things didn't exist anymore. Until uh, they read that. <laughs> no. Hey, um, how you could know, you spend a hundred thousand uh, dollars on clothes? Well, it's a very good thing. It's I know I'll get in the trouble. Mm. I'll get in the trouble, but I'll, I'll get in the trouble. Go there the, anyway. On the well, it's it's relative, is it? Yes, because we males. Mm. 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 Be careful. See how far we go here. No, well, we can. We, Carl Stefanovic, Carl, our man Carlos, famously wore the same suit every day on Mm. the Today Show for a year. Yeah. Just to prove a point that, yeah, no one really cares what blokes are wearing as long as they look presentable. And that doesn't happen. No, Um, as long as you change your tie. Yeah, and your shirt. Yeah, we get a new batch of ties in regularly <laughs> channels. We'll, we'll do it on the podcast. I'm going to get myself into big trouble. Uh, now, yesterday, I yes. spoke about the All-Star game. I got in the car after my lunch and mm. I heard our great friends in the afternoon, Andrew mm. and Andrew, yep. uh, discussing our, what. Now, I'm not sure if Julian, the producer, played all of what I had to say. The first thing I said about my discussions about the All-Star game, I know nothing about basketball. So mm. that was my first mm. writer. I defer to the great Andrew Gaze in a lot of things, and especially in basketball. He took it personally. I wouldn't say thin-skinned, but he took it personally. All I said was, why would you be surprised that it was... And he said that, it, well, you know, it's been much more competitive than that. Mm. And fair enough. Right. But I've had read where Scotty Pippen, he says, he lashed the All-Star game. Mm. He says, I've been think we've been seeing this for the last few years. So he says, mm. you shouldn't be surprised. Was that Scotty Stephen Pippen? Stephen A. Smith, that's a problem for the NBA. It's been the case for a number of years. So all my point was, that it's been like this for a few years. Why would we be surprised that it was a lacklustre affair? Do you think that he overreacted, Andy? No, I don't. I think he was, or not. He was entertaining. Was, was he? he? They made me laugh. Did they? They did make me laugh, yep. What about uh, Scotty Pippen's voice? It's got great timbre. <laughs> you got a beautiful deep voice. Have we voice. got any Scotty? Have we, I got, think, have we got some Scotty we there might, or not? Yeah, we can dig some Scotty up. It was from the last dance. Yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, from the press conference yesterday, too. He's got a lovely deep voice. He'd have a great radio announcer's voice. Hey, can you tell me how Pearl and Brando went? Because um, oh, I've got an update on that. This is Tim's dog that he's had. Brando for four or five years? Oh, no, longer than that. Longer? Se- oh, nearly seven years. Seven years. Nearly seven years. And they've yeah. introduced the brand new pug, which is kid fitness into the palm of your hand. Eight week old. You said there was a lot of tension in the house. That Lots. It, that it was like when Jeff Rains and Mike Richardson turned up. At Essendon after Peter Bradbury got the ask, mm. And there was that much tension. But then you showed me a video, which I'm going to put it up on our socials. On it'll the, go up today, yes. It'll go up today yeah. of he and Brando that seem to have... They seem, seem to, have, to have had the, yeah. the breaking of the bread. The bit you don't see. What? No, I won't even talk about the bit you don't see. Because I want, I want to leave people with it. I want to leave... Brando nearly ate him. <laughs> he almost <laughs> choked on poor... <laughs> <laughs> And you did say oh, that Brando is, made it well known that he wasn't that happy too. Oh, did he was? By some of his actions. He did some spraying around inside. He, that's <laughs> Which he's he never done ever since you've had him. It's and amazing he, how dogs behave to 
uh, change around them. So if you bring another dog in or whatever, all of a sudden they do things that they've never done before. Our other dogs used to do exactly the same so thing. So you started marking his territory and yeah. said, all right, if you're going to introduce this other dog, yep. let's let it be known that this is mine. Yeah. And Jose... He peed all over the house. Well, Jose, <laughs> who was our other pug that sadly passed away a couple of years ago... Yeah. He used to... Um, a raptor. Yeah. He used to lay a King Henry the Third. He would... It, what? It's something... It's something changed or <laughs> there was some movement in the house somewhere and somebody... Like, it was just... <laughs> it's it's just so a, odd the way that dogs behave to change. Really? <laughs> that's, a, that's a behavior that I haven't heard too much of. Um, I did a... <laughs> oh, we'll put that video up. There's a, it's a great video of Pearl and uh, Brando. I'm going to, we're going to follow this relationship, this this flourishing, burgeoning relationship between the two of them. Um, yes, we get a lot of messages coming through. Oh four double three nine eight eleven sixteen. Send them through. We, mm. if they're footy related, we will get to them. I promise you. Bit of concern about Sammy Walsh from one of our listeners. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Not ideal to be having some. I don't want no. to be an alarmist, but uh, he's one. He was just outside my favourite five. Um, and you've had follow back, up back pain. You've had back problems over the years, mm. like serious back problems. I have. Same in same. Um, yeah, bulging, same operation. Bulging did you? disc. How long know, were you? Like, pain down your back. Oh, it was much different back. See, th- now they do it micros- you know, arthroscopically. I had the big long cut, so I, it was a much slower recovery. But but the return pain is what worries me in this one, and I'm I'm not uh, death riding. Obviously, um, Sammy, I want Sammy Walsh up and playing. I think he's an absolute superstar, but. They've got every right to be cautious with him and just take a step back. Just give him a week just to let it settle. If he stirred it up, as I'm reading in the in the mm-hmm. uh, reports, just uh, lay low for a week or so. Did you ever recover fully? I played the next. I had the surgery in 87. I played 23 games in 88, and then I was cooked. It forced you out of the game, though, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, by the, the start of 89, it was done again. Yeah. So... Anyway, we'll hope that that's not the case. Lots to talk about. Uh, Justin Quill, Sam Edmund. We're rambling for common mistake. Olive Oil will be back after the news headlines. A sports update for Kiza. Sitting on the sidelines? Get back in the game with Kiza Physiotherapy, Rehabilitation and Strength Training. Where did you park yesterday when you came into town? Oh, don't get me started. Why? You're doing traffic. For two hours. Yesterday, mm-hmm. seventy-two bucks. Whereabouts? At the south, wherever Southgate or South Bank or whatever. Seventy-two bucks. Tim. That's steep. That is steep. We'll be going in. I'm, I'm putting in a chit. <laughs> what's the chance? Did you, did you, what's the chances you, of me getting that reimbursed? Did you keep? Did you keep it? No, the docket? No. <laughs> was it? Oh, anyway. Anyway, know. we've got a sports right, update yeah, for Kiza. So this is the story of the day. Any doping investigators have accused Melbourne footballer Joel Smith of cocaine trafficking. So there's some um, inflammatory headlines for you and a dramatic escalation of the failed drugs test probe. So we will discuss that in great detail with Sam Edmund and Justin Quill, who's a partner in the major law firm, Thompson Gear. We've already spoken about Sam Walsh, but uh, he's in a modified training program and is going to miss tomorrow's match simulation against Geelong. Hawthorne Youngster, God, they're having some bad news at the moment, aren't they? Denver Granger Barras has mm. undergone surgery, had turf toe injury, so he's going to be out for up to 14 weeks. And uh, Victorian leg spinner Will Parker, he was choosing between the Western Bulldogs and Collingwood. He's made his choice. He's going to go to the Pies as a Category B rookie. We're going to talk to Darren Buick, who coached him, so we'll get some idea of just what uh, is the upside. I'm told it is big and large and that Collingwood have done it again. 
have pinched an absolute beauty here. Uh, Lockie Neal's going to sit out. A lot of, uh, there's a big match simulation day today. Collingwood take on North. There's a lot of big-name Collingwood players that aren't going to be running around today, which is understandable. And Lockie Neal also is going to sit out of their match sim against the Gold Coast. That's on the telly. It's from 10 o'clock. It's down at AIA Stadium. This is North Melbourne and Collingwood. If you want to wander down and have a look at it. If, um... Beyond KO. Yeah, KO at 10 o'clock this morning, live. Ah, uh, yep. The coverage of the game. Yep. So if you're at work, what would you suggest to people if they're at work today? Leave and go and watch the footy. <laughs> can you watch that on phone? Put it on your phone, phone or whatever. Oh, on Kaya. You can watch it on your phone. And you now got the new technology where you don't right. miss a minute because if a message comes up, it'll pop up on your phone. So if you're really, you know, say you're at work and you're yeah. working away and how should you conceal the fact that you've got another... Tim, you know the workplace these days, you're not allowed to, you're, the boss isn't allowed to ring you out of work hours. Right. Pretty soon it'll be the boss can't have a crack at you for watching the footy at, while you're sitting at your desk. That'll be a great day. That'll be a great day. <laughs> so get, knock yourself out. Get on KO. Watch the pies take on the Kangas <laughs> yeah. today and knock give us a ring tomorrow out. if you get into any trouble. We'll try and sort <laughs> it out. Even if you're a doctor, even if you're performing <laughs> sort of surgery today. You can see. Uh, have it up there on the screen. If you're a dentist, put it up there <laughs> on the screen Dersman's for everybody. not playing for the Kangaroos, but Colby McKercher, the number two pick, mm. he will be running around. So that's something to get excited about for the Kangas. I'm excited about watching that young kid so play. am I. Uh, Australia takes on New Zealand from 5pm today, Victorian time uh, in the evening, in the first of the three T20 matches. David Warner set to open for Australia in what will be his last tour for the national side. Uh, a bit of EPL this morning too. We'll get, keep you up to speed with the scores between Man City and Brentford. And what have the Nets done? Well, I'll tell you what they've done. They've sacked their coach, Jacques Vaughan, uh, with reports around that uh, Ben Simmons was the reason for his downfall. It was reported that multiple players have been pretty vocal behind the scenes for months about how the offense was running. Now, apparently, he had great plans for Ben Simmons to be a large part of that, but he's been injured. He's been on the sidelines and hasn't really worked for them. So um, they don't give you a lot of time to settle in in the NBA, Gary. If you don't get results, uh, you're out ski very quickly. Yeah, but yeah. you shouldn't comment on basketball because you are not well-versed enough <laughs> to be able to be talking about it, according to Andrew Gaze. Uh, is it, did, he say, did he actually say that? I think he said that, yeah. He opens his you mouth. are a bloody genius. He opens his mouth on footy this year. I'm uh, as you wander and set sail with the spirit of Tassie from 69 bucks. Conditions apply. We did. We talked about that. Uh, Western Bull, there's a message off the temper text machine. Oh, the magnificent temper beds. Western Bulldog CEO, Amit Bones, was refreshingly honest mm. and articulate with Jared yesterday. Um, I wonder if you're aware that Amit was a lawyer, was born in Bendigo's Indian Heritage and Securities List Manager in 2014. Thank you for that, Rocket. Yep. He was. We spoke about yep. it earlier. We'll, we'll, just, we'll play some of it a little bit later, but I, I thought he... Not that it was building into a big story, but it diffused any tension in my eyes. And did you enjoy the uh, Damien Hardwick interview last night on Channel 7 Didn't News? get to see it. I went out for dinner last night, Wiz, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll be, I've got it. Uh, I've got it. Series linked. I'll be interested in your Series feedback. linked. I'll be watching. I'll be talking to some people at Channel 7 today because I had some serious concerns with what we put to air last night. Why? What about what? Well, we put an um, exclusive bug up in the uh, left-hand corner. Yeah. And it blocked the wisp out. <laughs> There's going to be a hell to pay. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson.
Three out of quarter of the years back. Arrange your next Toyota service. The easy way you can book online today. And the 40 Wings Temper text is open for business. 0433981116. The all-new Temper Pro Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Uh, a Temper mattress like no other. And off the Temper text, this is why we've got a great audience. Mm. Maybe I should have known this. I was out yesterday, last night. Australian Liam Hendricks just left the White Sox. Signed a two-year, $10 million deal with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Three-time All-Star. Two-time AL reliever of the year. So all he's done is change his socks. He's changed socks, of which someone said to me, why can't you afford any socks? Do you go sockless in your little sit-down? No, I've got socks on. Always. not today. When you did your your Oprah stuff. With Dimmer? Yeah. Yeah, I had socks on. Right. But not long socks. The little little hidden ones. The little hidden ones. Did you have a loafer? We go. What'd you go with? No, I can't. I, you, you know had what? A knit. Yeah, you would have had a nice well, short let, sleeve knit. Yes, I did. But can I just let let you in on a secret? Since yeah. I had my nice. since I had my knee done, mm-hmm. right, and I had the knee replacement, I find it really hard to wear a shoe with a heel. It pains my knee more, so I've had to go very flat <laughs> soled shoe, which means you... I have to wear a runner style shoe more than I used to. What what shoes with a heel did you used to wear? I'm interested in. Well, a loafer has a heel. Oh, even a low heel. A low heel, yeah. No, I'm not talking about a big heel. I'm talking about a small heel. But any heel at all, it just seems to just upset my gait and my positioning of my knee somehow. Hey, did you catch up with what Benny Eichen, the uh, QRL CEO, had to say yesterday about the AFL? I listened to all of it. It was extraordinary, wasn't it? Yeah, he made some concessions. He, he, He did, but, you know, like when we had the AFL meeting last week and they were talking about how much they're investing in the game now in terms of um uh, the development of the game. And then he started talking about how much more the AFL are investing than what the NRL are investing up yeah. in North. And he's saying, like, he, he was, I don't know whether he was just being deliberately inflammatory. No, but he, don't, that's the way I heard okay. it. He, he's a QRLC. That's uh, right. Former yeah. NRL great. Yep. And he's talking, let's have a listen. He's talking about the investment that the AFL are committing to the game and the challenges it's going to present for rugby league. I feel like we're under resourced. You know, while other games uh, clearly realise that the battles, you know, on the ground to win the hearts and minds of the mums and dads and the little boys and girls, you know, the AFL are planning and spending today to shore up their future for the next 50 years. You know, we can't seem to get around the table with our decision makers and hatch a joint plan. It's really alarming. And, you know, in this latest round of uh, budget approvals, like, this is how scary it gets. We're having things rejected in writing on the basis that they don't align with the NRL's participation growth strategy. Now, silly old me thought, well, hang on. I haven't seen this document. Maybe they're making some sense or they've got some ideas. So you ring and request the document only to be told it doesn't exist. Oh, Jesus. It's really? Em- it's embarrassing. That, embarrassing. That voice was, uh, that's on Patton Heels on SNQ. That is embarrassing, and it's worthy of some follow. I'm sure yep. the boys will be following up. So there's a growth document that they have. To, he has to ad- adhere to, right? As the CEO of Queens of NRL Queensland, mm. so he says, "All right, better send it to me so I can adhere to it." And there's no such document. Can I play devil's advocate though? Mm. It would be in his best interest to do what he just did on the radio station and highlight that because if he's after some more funds, then that would be the way to attract their attention, would it not? Yeah, yeah. To publicly go out and say what he just said then would 
give it would make the AR the, the NRL stand up and maybe take notice. Well, it. the NRL are over in Vegas. They're well, on them doing their big promotion. In, in the meantime, at the Heartland, the boss of the Heartland, the, the people who for the next generation, mm. he's going, give me the document, and they go, well, we ain't got it. It ain't. We, we have <laughs> no such document. So, you, do you think the AFL are surreptitiously just taking over Queensland I hope and so. the hearts and minds of people up there, while the NRL is over there swanning them round in well, uh, Las Vegas? Clearly, the. Zero, zero, what's around zero? Ground, the first round is mm. all designed to capture uh, the attention in those markets, which is a really smart yeah. move. But, but ben, ben, all this has been going on for a lot of time. Clearly. Though. And this is a man who's at the, at the, the coal, coal face. face. And we've been telling you, or I'm being told and relaying to you from Brownie and others that mm. are up there and have got kids in schools yes. who are saying that AFL footy has taken over up there. Now, that's a... A phrase that gets used all the time to mm. get up the nose of the NRL. So mm. you can take it with a grain of salt or you can listen to people like Jonathan Brown who now lives there and sees it firsthand with these kids or you can listen to Ben Eichen who's the head of NRL Queensland. Um, look, we're headed to court and that was over uh, last year's uh, budget approval process and it hasn't got much better this year. And the scary thing for us is while we're seemingly not being able to talk sense into our national governing body about what needs to happen, you know, at the grassroots level, the other sports are mobilising at a rate of knots. The AFL in particular um, is pronouncing from Melbourne that they're going to be the number one game in Queensland in 10 years. And the only way they're going to be able to do it is with an aligned approach with the people who work in Queensland and a whole lot of cash. Mm. And, um, you know, if we're not careful, uh, if we don't, kind of take advantage of the popularity of our sport, then they will catch us, respect what we've created in Queensland and invest in it. Because at the moment, you know, what we're asking for is $10 million in total to spread across those 15 clubs. Mm. $10 million in total, right? They each run six teams. That's all. Whereas you go into an NRL club, $17 million each, plus another couple of million if you run an NRLW side. We're asking for $10 million for 15 clubs. Mm. I just yeah. don't understand the logic behind rejecting that. Have you heard anyone from the AFL say that they'll catch, Queen, they'll catch NRL and rugby in 10 years' time? I think it's a stated aim that they want to be the number one. They want to be, yeah. They, they want to be the number one code in uh, 10 years' time up there in Queensland. Can you see that? Can you actually see that happening? I have no... We've got no visibility on it because we're not there. But it starts at, it starts at the school level, I would think. And, again, I'm only talking about Brownie, whose mm. who's daughter's a really good footy player. Yep. And well, he sees it. They teach it. Yeah. They, they teach AFL footy in the schools. Well, this just came through from Brendan. Gents, I live in uh, Bris Vegas, and it's real. AFL dominates local level. And this is not us beating our chest saying that you know, we're going to take over. We're, we're, we're reacting to ben Icon. the CEO of, mm. um, of Rugby League up in Queensland and the fears that he's saying. So he wants... He, he's talking about 10 million for 17 clubs in Queensland, like the local league. Yes. And for the sounds of it, not getting much love back. Whereas that 17 million a club from an NRL point of view, the money that's going back there. Maybe if you went and spoke to our local footy in, this, in the in the Sandfall or the Waffle, they might have some fears about you know, money that flows back to them as well. Who knows? But that that's a cautionary tale that if you're a rugby, you'd be, rugby league, you'd be taking note of that, surely. Well, you've got to win over the hearts and minds, not only of the kids, but you've got to win over the hearts and minds of parents. And yep. then you've got to have all the facilities available so that everybody then can embark upon their pursuit of the sport, which obviously they've been doing over a long period of time. Sure. 
Um, Rob says, good morning, boys. Uh, can you call us too? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The messages are going nuts. We'd like to talk to you as well. Good morning, boys. Any chance you could get Will Parker on? Collingwood's new rookie. I'd love to hear from him. That's from Rob. Well, we've got his coach, Darren Buick, former teammate of the Wisp, and uh, has been on our program a number of times, who will be able to give us a great insight into Will himself. I'm sure Collingwood will put him up at some stage and you'll hear from him. But this is the uh, prodigiously talented multi-sport uh, youngster who chose cricket and played four shield games for Victoria and now looks like, as James O'Donnell did, Simon's son, he said, um, no, I'm going to have a crack at footy. Hey, before I was talking about Scotty Pippen and how much he sounded like Barry White, okay, mm. I just want to play this to you. This is Scotty Pippen yesterday. You have to be playing some of your best basketball. You have to be taking every possession serious and you have to take your opponent serious. Okay, and then this is Barry White. Many times we've loved, <laughs> we've shared love and made love. I like it. I like it. Wish. There's a similarity there, yeah, isn't there? Specky's on the road. G'day, Spec. G'day, Gaz. G'day, Wispy. How are we, boys? Good, Spec. Hey, Gaz, have you followed up on that Carlton list for me? Yes. Of course well, he has, Spec. Well, I'm doing work on it as we speak. What was it again? We, got, we bat deep, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. No, really I'm right. I'm in the middle of that. Yep. No, that's all right. Hey, we, uh, Wispy yeah. uh, and Gaz, yeah. mate, you're spot on about the investment in schools. I've been taking up a group of boys uh, with my old mate Paul McCormack uh, for now about 10 years up to Palm Beach, Corumban. And they're, they're, that school's investment on the, in the, you know, right in the heart of the Gold Coast in AFL with a bloke by the name of Neil Mackay. Neil McKay, um, they, they've got a, one of the best programs in Australia yeah. in, in and around AFL. Um, they've got a rugby league as well, but their AFL program is just phenomenal. They win the state championship up there every year. He brings a group of kids down here to South Melbourne every year, um, and it's just a phenomenal program. So um, they've been they've been all over it in the schools up there for for a long, long time. So well done, Gaz. You're right on the money. Well, I'm only Again, relaying what I'm told. So that Palm Beach Crumbin is where all those uh, Gold Coast Academy kids came yes. from. And yes, yes. So it's a, like a it's the Assumption College of of schools up there, and this is from Don. How good was it to see a third of the under eighteen Queensland boys in the All Australian side, mm. and along with the under sixteen Queensland girls who won the national championship? Yeah. So there's yeah. a, a pretty good return on your investment. I think you're onto something, Gaz. Um, we live on this. We don't. Hey, we've lived on the Sunshine Coast for four years, and AFL has already taken over. The NRL is in big trouble. The grounds are awesome and the infrastructure investment has been used. Uh, what, we'll what we'll do, because I've got I'll another what, message Gary, you're here onto something this that morning. says, as of this year, my school on the Gold Coast teaches AFL as a subject inside class time. Instead of regular PE, we spend three lessons per week purely on developing our AFL program. The sport is in the southeast regions growing quickly. We'll get Brownie on. He can tell us mm. firsthand um, and talk about where he, he's now been back for a good six to eight months. As I said, his daughter's immersed in it all. So we'll get him on and he can and tell the story. It seems to be a pretty good one. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Sam Edmund and Justin Quill straight out of seven to discuss Joel Smith. Bryson's joined us though. The Queensland temper text machine's gone nuts. G'day, Bryson. G'day, boys. How are you going? Going well. That's good. Um, you're dead set strong. I'm yeah, living up here. I've been up here for about three years now, and I've seen the strength of AFL getting bigger and bigger. 
all the private schools have uh, great academies now. And just to let you know, the Morningside Panthers, they have over 1,000 juniors at their club. Jeez. Ranging from under 10s through to the under 19. Hey, Bryson, we appreciate it. Anecdotally and from what we're seeing yeah, here, amazing. it is a huge story. So we'll get the big fella on next week or maybe tomorrow, see how he's placed, and we'll, we'll dive into it bigger. It does seem like it's very healthy. Uh, what's not healthy is the front page of the uh, newspapers here in Melbourne talking about uh, cocaine trafficking in relation to Joel Smith. Now, that sounds dramatic. We'll put some context around it. Sam Edmund and Justin Quill out of seven. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Conversation starters for the drain man. Drain relining is the no dig, no drama way to rehabilitate your assets. The drain man. Uh, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Uh, the story of the day. Herald Sun exclusive from Michael Warner. Demon offered teammates coke and the first par in this article. Anti-doping investigators have accused Melbourne footballer Joel Smith of cocaine trafficking in a dramatic escalation of his failed drug test probe. There's no footy on at the moment. This is not the time if you're a player to be immersed in this. And he is now immersed in the middle of it. That is um, highly inflammatory um, reporting there from Michael Warner. Sam Edmund has sprinted into the studio on our demand because this is a complex issue we want to deal with uh, properly. Justin Quill's going to join us too to give us some legalities around it all. But uh, welcome to you, Sammy. And Hi, Gary. Massive story. It is. Hi, Tim. I'm not sure it'll matter what time of the year it is, to be honest, but I appreciate what you're saying. This is a, a pretty significant story and Quilly will be important this morning because I've got a lot of questions like probably everyone listening this morning and we're short on answers other than to say we know that Joel Smith was already facing a two-year suspension from the game, testing positive to cocaine. On game day, that was around 23. That went over Hawthorne last season. Now, Sports Integrity Australia have notified Smith that three further anti-doping rule violations for trafficking or attempted trafficking of cocaine to third parties are being asserted against him. Now, under the anti-doping code, trafficking in an anti-doping context is defined to be Selling, giving, transporting, sending, delivering or distributing a prohibited substance by an athlete to any third party. And this is where Justin Quill will be interesting because this is a development I would have thought that potentially opens the door to a police investigation given the evidence that has been gathered by anti-doping officials to this point. Um, further to that though, SIA are now alleging that Smith was actually in possession of cocaine on September 9, 2022 a date that was revealed for the first time last night. And, and to make clear, that is a full 12 months before the positive test in round 23 oh, last so season. I wasn't aware of that. So how did they, is that on the back of these text messages? Is that what they're saying? I, I, I don't know the answer to that other than to say that they're claiming that on that date, Smith, who was an unused sub in a semi-final loss to Brisbane at the MCG, you'll remember that game. The day after that, he played in a prelim win for Casey over the lines out at Casey Fields. And I think a week or so after that, he played in a VFL premiership. So they're saying he's been in possession of cocaine on that day, another game day. The AFL last night released a statement which uh, just read in part, Smith will continue to be provisionally suspended pending the finalisation of all of these matters. He's not permitted to be part of Melbourne's football program, including their pre-season uh, training. So this is where it sits at the moment. As you say, Gary, the story originally broke via News Corp, but it did include a source who is quoted uh, uh, to be close to the probe into Smith. And some of these comments are something that Melbourne sought to address last night as well in their statement because the source suggested Smith was being scapegoated and, in fact, is quoted in the paper as saying, it looks like they are planning to hang Joel out to dry for behaviour. That is commonplace at Melbourne. 
It's not unusual for a group of young men who party together to share drugs. Joel might be foolish, but he's hardly Tony Mockbell. The club should be taking responsibility for what is happening to Joel instead of blaming him in order to cover up a much wider problem. Joel's not a bad apple in a barrel of clean ones. The whole joint is rotten, the so, source says to and just said, in respo- that, ju- No, just, just in response to that, though, Joel's management has contacted – this is a statement put out by Melbourne last night in yep. response to that. Joel's management has contacted the club – on his behalf, to advise that the comments made by the source within the article source. are not reflective of Joel's views and the source is not speaking on any authority from Joel. Now, this was something that, look, I mean, Melbourne are big enough and ugly enough to defend themselves, but they were furious over this last night, is my understanding, Gary. So which, that's why which part? That, the source? The source and the comments made by the source, the source. And that they were contacted by TLA, which is, of course, the management mm. arm that look after Joel Smith to say, look, this is these thoughts are not reflective of Joel. So, look, it's, it's probably a side issue to the bigger issue, of course, but when it comes to their culture, which will inevitably be questioned again in the wake of these developments, those questions probably need to be asked. I mean, in fact, Gary Pert sat down here with us, with Simon Goodwin, last November and looked at you and said, you know, the Melbourne culture was the best he'd seen in 40 years. You questioned that then, and perhaps it's easy to pick holes in that now. Yes. So, it says um, the, the, the development, and this is why we need to talk to um, Quilly about this, there's... The, the the new stuff in this is the interpretation of what becomes cocaine trafficking yeah. and where that goes to, doesn't it? I mean, there's no... So he's texting a mate saying, oh, oh look, yeah, yeah. I've got this. And this yeah. is wild speculation because we don't know. No, facts. no. And and therefore, what that, whether it escalates this to a whole other level or from an AFL point of view, do they deem that and, and take that as, as fact or is it saying, well, okay... These blokes are doing drugs. Well, the allegations being made and put to Joel. So now he will have to now explain that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I don't know if anyone. Well, I don't. I don't know anything. I don't know if Joel Smith. I don't think he's a drug trafficker. I don't think he's a cocaine why trafficker. Do you, why do you say that? Well, well, my interpretation or my, you know, when you talk mm. about drug trafficking, then you, you are providing drugs on a broad basis, selling, dealing. Well, well I read that. I read. Under the anti-doping code, I read the interpretation of, of yeah, drug no, trafficking too. No, I get that. Yeah, I, I but, understand But, yes, that. by definition, but you think he's out on the corner. Yeah, no, no, selling, no. Slinging. If you're selling. But yeah. this is the Sports Integrity Australia definition. Uh, definition Correct. Right? So this is not the law of the land definition. I'll read it of again. what trafficking is. Selling, giving, transporting, sending, delivering, or distributing a prohibited substance by an athlete mm. to any mm. third party. Yeah. So right. anyone who indulges in drug taking... Therefore, by extension, if you're sharing your drugs in whatever environment, yep. you're a trafficker. But just coming back to those source comments and whether they're fair or unfair or otherwise, this is a player who was stupid enough to test positive to cocaine on game day, which is almost unfathomable. And anyone who has been involved in a process like this, though, just to not to defend Melbourne, but they will know that the demons get told nothing. They are in the dark here. So with SIA at the wheel, they have no idea of timelines, what's happening with the investigation until they're notified like they were yesterday by the AFL. But their welfare team continue to support Smith away from the club while he goes through the process. They're in touch with him all the time. Despite the extremely high chance, Gary, he'd say almost certainly he will never play the game again. So I'm not sure they're hanging Smith out to draw. No, no, I spoke to them yesterday when this story broke as well to get some perspective around this. And they're comments to me as well were the same he said we we didn't we're not laying this charge on him this is sports integrity what we're doing is supporting him as much as we can they say they've gone above and beyond 
they they're not saying here. Here's his phone records. Here, go and chase this down. They this information's coming to them. Okay, so how interested then? Think... How interested then will Melbourne be in how broadly this drug was possibly being distributed by Smith? Then, if in terms of, I mean, they've got text messages, right? So they are basing their accusation on the Sports Integrity Australia, I'm saying now, are basing their accusation against Joel Smith based on the text messages that they've been able to well, look at. They should so be how, very interested. No, well, it might, that's my point. So well, interested if, if, you're Mel, if you're Melbourne, though, but, how interested do you become then in no, knowing, okay, where did these text messages go? 100% with Sammy. Very interested. The, the word is how surprised. That's probably more to the point. Of course, they're going to be interested. Is it is it news to them? Right. Have they dealt with this back in whenever this raised its head? Right. Have they gone and had these? So you're know, saying that they might have already been aware of all this and well, they've already if they, if they dealt with it if they internally? If they haven't, then they would be negligent, Tim. Once this comes out, if they, they're not doing the deep dive into their own environment and sitting these blokes down with their leadership, mm. all that stuff, then they would be negligent. That's right, but my point around that is that, okay, they talk about, you know, the source and they're saying, okay, well, we're not going to believe this source. But at the same time, the information has already been gathered by Sports Integrity Australia around the text messages and where the text messages Mm -hmm. went. So that would be, to my thinking, that would be the area where they've got to be concerned and they've got to investigate internally themselves as to, okay, what is our problem then within our club? Yeah, and whilst there is understanding for... Um, Joel, this 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 is on him. Of course, this is all on him, mm. and we know it happens. And the drug testing in the AFL tells you it's a problem across the competition. This is in competition day before, two days before. I think it was a final game of the season or one round twenty three. Yeah, final ahead of a finals campaign. So let's you know while we deal with it. That this responsibility lays at the feet of Joel. And just in regards to how interest they will be or should be, I mean, I'd be shocked if there's not an AFL integrity uh, investigation out the other side of it either from a purely football point of view, which is known to happen over time. By the way, uh, the Melbourne captain, Max Gorn, is speaking today, mm. and so is the boss of the AFL, Andrew Dillon. They're going to be at an Auskick event later on today out in Glenora. So I dare say uh, all those questions will be asked again, but it's not like they're questions that we... What we asked only a few months ago yeah. around mm. culture and the broadest, and how far does it go, and where do the tentacles go? And as we said, Gary Perk could not have been more categoric. So mm. um, those questions will remain, though. Um, but it becomes more public now, doesn't it, in terms of the cultural issue that may exist at Melbourne, whether it's real or whether it's not, whether they've dealt with it or no, whether they're all not. Those I mean, this, game, this is yeah. new information that people haven't learned publicly before. No, I think all these questions are fair game. So I'd be interested to see what, what they are willing to say, uh, particularly the captain today. Max Gorn. Uh, Collingwood, I know you touched on this earlier with, with Will Parker, signed as a Category B rookie, uh, played the four Shield games as a league spinner, 21 on a return to the game, played TOC Cup, uh, footy for Eastern Rangers back in the day. He was eligible in the 2020 draft. The Dogs plucked James O'Donnell. We spoke about this yesterday, 10 months ago. They tried to go back for another one. This time they had the rug pulled out from underneath them by Collingwood, so he signed on there. Sam Walsh is a bit of a worry. I heard you talking about that earlier. Going to miss tomorrow's practice match against Geelong's on a modified program. It happened in match practice last week when he tweaked the back. He had surgery on it 12 months ago. Missed the first four games of last year. Basically, a non-existent preseason had been flying this time around too. So this is frustrating for last year's Garriers Award winner. And uh, this morning at 10 o'clock, Collingwood are going to host North Melbourne in the second practice match of the preseason. Now, it's taking place down here at Olympic Park. The Pies are going to take 28 in. You'd want to be good with your talent ID because there's going to be nearly 10 premiership pies missing. Mm. 
uh, Maynard, Pendlebury House, Sidebottom and more, just a few of those. There's a whole heap of new faces at the Ruse as well. Looking forward to watching Colby McCurch. I think he's going to turn some heads this year, their prize draft pick. But their trade recruits as well are going to be in action. Zach Fisher, of course, formerly of Carlton's, Dylan Stevens, formerly of the Swans. I'm always fascinated into how the structure of these games goes. So a lot of them are six periods. There's some seven periods, mm. some eight period games. This one is four quarters, four 25-minute quarters. So nothing unusual there. But just at the back end of it, they're going to have two five-minute, what they're calling scenario periods. So it might be Collingwood's up by five for five minutes and the next one, North Melbourne's up by five for five minutes. Who knows? But uh, well, They have a scenario period where they're down by 12 goals. <laughs> Collingwood, five minutes to make up 10 goals, <laughs> probably. And the first T20 between New Zealand and Australia kicks off uh, in Wellington, 5-10 our time today. So one of three, you can catch every ball right here on SEN, of course. And with only, these are the last three games, the Aussies before the World Cup later this year. So full Dress rehearsal. Um, Sammy Edmund doing wonderful work. We might get you back when Quilly comes in because uh, you are right at the pointy end of this. The league is said to be waiting for the outcome of this probe. Is there any time frame on it? No, this is, these are Which questions for Quilly. Never like, quick. So, no, never quick. So if these allegations have now been asserted and put to Joel Smith, I would imagine he and his legal team have got time to go away, formulate a response, and then present that back to the panel, much like they did a couple of months ago in regards to him. Because he initially was arguing for only three months off, you'll recall. Mm. Um, that failed, and he was staring down the barrel of two years. So what happens now? Does he have to present to SIA officials? It was said to be maybe that's coming up at some stage next month, but who knows? As you say, nothing happens quickly here. And the police involvement, like you mentioned trafficking, is this something now that mm. the law gets involved with? Like, forget the well, game. All these messages are coming through now, and we, we're like you. We're getting the, uh, the information around the same time. Selling drugs and getting it for mates are completely different. Absolutely hanging him out to dry. Well, I'm not sure about that. And Melbourne have not looked after Joel at all of 100% hung him out to dry. Well, again... Uh, According to Joel's management, so that, what do those people want? What do those people want? I don't, want to I don't know. I'm just giving yeah. you the feedback as it comes through, and these yeah. are the questions Melbourne, that, are being, that are being asked right now. I mean, the interesting, the, the the important thing to know around this is that Melbourne have no control whatsoever over this investigation. No, but, no, they're they're bystanders like the rest of us. That's what I'm saying yeah. to people, though. For those that people think that Melbourne are hanging him out to dry in some way, they have no control no, over no, this whatsoever. That, I think that's. Well, that's right. And then they're not saying, here's more information for sports integrity. Here's no. another, they're sitting back going, okay, you, you tell us what you've found here. And then in conjunction with the, well, the AFL will then make their decision, I would imagine. Or with the sports integrity. Hey, Australia. Gary, can I ask Is you? Is the old WADA, yeah? Can I ask you this? Are, are you, from a Melbourne perspective, are you concerned that this may derail their season? I am in as much as... There is so many, there are growing excuses now mm. in the background, if for whatever reason, they don't, I, I hope that it doesn't get to round 18 and go, oh, it was a nightmare pre-season. You know, this was always going to happen because of the off-season, the, you know, mm. the stuff that Sam and I did with Melbourne while you are away. Yeah. You talk about culture. We're, that was all that was being spoken about, Tim, before Christmas when we spoke to Purdy and, and Goody when he was in here. So mm. we addressed that, you know, with them and and so, they may have to their to they may have addressed it. No, they, 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 they say they have. They may they may have addressed it, but right now it looks like it wasn't addressed, and this is something new that maybe they didn't they, know about. They can't be a babysitting service either. Like they they look after their players, but they can't be responsible for their lives away from the from the, from the club twenty four seven. And Simon Goodwin sat here, and you could see the anger. 
And he made the admission, which I thought was a pretty big one, that it had been several weeks on or whatever it was at that stage. He said, I haven't picked up the phone and I'm too angry to speak to him. I can't speak to him yet. Yeah, yeah. the responsibility again lies at the foot of the player, Tim. And this is going to be cautionary tale for around the competition again. This is not to say that, you know, it is Joel Smith's issue to deal with. Mm. And I don't think we get away from that either. And Melbourne... Are saying that they're supporting him, doing whatever they can, but in the ha- it's out of their hands, as you say. And the responsibility will come back to the player who made a decision to take cocaine two nights before the last game of an AFL season. That's unforgivable. That's true. That's true. But then people will be walking around today and they'll be saying, well, where are the, where, where did all these text messages go? Who's, who was mm. part of this cocaine group that uh, exists at Melbourne? Because clearly you're not going to then send a text message to somebody out of the blue in terms of a teammate if you don't think that they're going to be receptive to what it is that you're talking about. Yeah, at least one. They don't know how many. Exactly. Uh, I don't think it was indicated in the report as to how many it is. Sammy, we'll talk to you again. Well, you can stay if you want. Uh, Justin Quill's going to join us at Thanks, 7.40. The conversation started. Continue for the drain man, drain problems. What's that? Oh, Justin Quill's going to come up next. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Justin Quill is a partner at major law firm Thompson Gear. He's a great friend of the program, and when the complex legalities come around, he's the man we turn to to try and make a little bit of sense of that, and he's been good enough to join us. Quilly, good morning. Good morning, gents. Good to be here. Uh, Yes, well, uh, this is a headline front pages of newspapers that uh, the AFL and Melbourne and and Joel Smith wouldn't like to, to see or read about, but cocaine trafficking is that it's certainly justifiable in the eyes of sports integrity australia where does it sit in terms of common law out in the in the public how's he is he looking right now joel smith in relation to uh, cocaine trafficking allegations yeah well i imagine he's not looking particularly happy uh look you, you guys made it clear in the before the last break this is um this is a an allegation only and we've got to say that right off the top that, that this is only an allegation it's an allegation made by sport integrity australia so that's the the older sada um people will be familiar with uh, a sada of course from uh uh, from the Essendon drug scandal, um, but this is uh, the, the new name, Sport Integrity Australia. So they have made the allegation. This is not a, a criminal allegation involving the police at this point, and we can come to that in a moment. Uh, but but they are asserting that there has been uh, uh, an ADRB, an anti-doping rule violation. Uh, so it's not a it's not a violation of the criminal. War. It's a violation of the anti-doping rules. Um, in that, he um, was in possession of cocaine and uh, offered it for uh, sale or distribution or what have you. It trafficked it or uh, attempted to traffic. So that's that's the state of play. It's it's not a criminal thing yet, but of course it could become that possibly. Yeah, that was going to be my question, Justin. At Sam Edmund here, and thanks for joining us. As you say, not a violation of criminal law at the moment, but with the allegations laid out by SIA, is this something Victoria Police would be obligated or likely to have a look at? Um, I'm not sure about obligated. Maybe. I think they're probably uh, probably only obligated once someone makes a complaint. Uh, look, they'll be certainly interested in it. No doubt there'll be discussions being held down at Victoria Police Centre 
this morning about this. But um, the, the the big difference is really we've got to remember the standard of proof. And again, mm. people, you always as we sort of reminded of uh, the phrase standard of proof from the Essendon drug scandal. Um, that that um, uh, here, what we're talking about is that much lower standard. We're not. Uh, we're talking more of the balance of probabilities, comfortable satisfaction, uh, rather rather than beyond reasonable doubt. So if it's going to be a criminal case, the police would have to be satisfied that they could prove this beyond reasonable doubt. Now, I don't know what the te- these text messages say. Mm. Um, I know you guys don't know either. Um, the, I'm not sure that the text messages alone would would sort of reach that really high bar of... Um, uh, you know, no reasonable doubt. So, so uh, look, whether it ends up in a criminal case or not, who knows? But uh, we've got to remember that that standard of proof is much ha- higher, and so they have to have, um, uh, you know, pretty significant evidence. And I'm just not sure. I'm not sure that a um, uh, that a bunch of text messages would be uh, would be sufficient enough to warrant uh, a criminal charge that that can only be brought if the police think. They've got a very good chance of uh, of getting a conviction on that really high standard. How long can we expect that this will go on for this investigation? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, I heard you guys say before that um, you know nothing nothing is quick. And again, I um, I know you know people's memory of this and things just going dragging on for years and years and years and years and years. Um, I I suspect that things are going to move more quickly now. Um, this investigation that's been going on, no doubt, has been going on for quite a while, and it's been dragging on and on and on. Uh, but now that now that it's uh, you know in the in the public domain, so to speak, I suspect uh, um, Joel Smith and his his legal team will uh, will be trying to move this quickly uh, and and actually get a resolution quicker. Uh, so I suspect uh, I suspect you know we're talking more like weeks and months rather than years. We're not talking days, though. What is a, a legal, what would you think would be the response from, uh, it's hard for you to answer this, of course, but they're from Smith's legal team and, and the sort of response that we could expect? Uh, well, I, I don't think we, the public, will, will expect to know much about it. I think it's most of this is going to be heard in closed court and dealt with in closed court. Um, look, he, he, could, he could admit this. He could say, "Okay, fine, I've done it. You've got the text messages; they show what they show." But look, you know, it's commonplace, and um, you know, young young men my age do this, and uh, you know, they, he might say that and, and, and admit it. And if he does that, of course, then it's going to be a much um, a much quicker process, uh, and he might sort of fall his sword, so to speak, and try and try and get a reduced penalty that way. Um, alternatively, he could go the other way. And he could um, could demand a hearing. Um, that hearing would not be a, a hearing in public. It's not like a uh, you know a public court case, like a murder case or something like that, uh, where we can all go in and sit and listen. Um, but but he could ask for a hearing, and and uh, and you know it's uh, it'll be uh, it'll be KCs uh, uh, at ten paces sort mm. of thing, and uh, and and then of course that then will drag it out a lot longer. So, Corley, you don't want to run ahead of things too much, of course, and uh, we all acknowledge there's a real veil of secrecy over this stuff and the process, but the allegations as they sit surrounding, surrounding trafficking, I mean, what sort of what sort of Pandora's box could, could this open? I mean, could it implicate others, and then where does it go from there in the eyes of SIA, potentially? Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, you're right about running ahead 
with things. I, I'm, what I'm doing here is, is really speculating. And uh, what I've been doing the whole time this morning with you guys is speculating. It could be this, it could be that. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I, there's an information vacuum for me, of course. So, so that's why I'm speculating so people can get a, a bit of a sense of the, the possible options. But, but the truth of it is, um, you know, we don't have all the information we can't. Uh, we we can't say, but but I think it could open a Pandora's box. It could um, really um, uh, you know cause uh, reticulation between the players at at, uh, um, uh, at uh, Melbourne. You know those that those that were involved, those that were not. Uh, are they going to ask for the phones of all the other players? What about the the players that these text messages were sent to? Um, you know, are they going to get them in and say? Well, what happened after that text message, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, how how far mm. down the, the rabbit burrow um, Sport Integrity chase this uh, will be really interesting, whether they just leave it at Joel Smith or whether they say, no, well, we need to we need to get, you know, the the two players, the 10 players, the 20 players, who knows, um, that, that were involved uh, allegedly uh, based can on they, these text messages. Uh, quickly, we need they, to get them in and ask them. Can they do that? Do they have the powers to be able to do that? Yeah, they do. They have they have the powers to, invent, to conduct investigation, which include where they have reasonable basis to suspect that there has been an anti-doping rule violation. So, again, we, we go back to this um, ADRV, anti-doping rule violation. It's not a criminal matter, but, but they are, they've got pretty wide powers to investigate. And, and I might say, look, you know, for good reason, we, we all, Sport Integrity Australia is really about um, the integrity of our sports. Now, um, some people listening today will say, well, this is, um, whilst it's not good, etc., this is in a different category. This is not someone taking steroids and they shouldn't be using their, their power to um, bust a bust of, uh, uh, you know, uh, some cocaine takers at a, at, at a particular club. Um, and, and I understand people might say that, but, but ultimately Sport Integrity Australia um, may well take a different view and say, no, that's exactly what we should be doing. Um, and it goes right to the, to the heart of the integrity of, of sport in Australia. And we need to, you know, we need to, we need to knuckle down on it. I think that's a really good point, a point that needs to be made here. This is as a result of a game day breach. So, therefore, their ability, Sport Integrity Australia, to, you know, call other players, mm. is that only because it is in relation to a game day breach and not a, and I don't use this lightly, a run-of-the-mill positive, you know, in the off-season or something like that? No, look, um, they can conduct... It, that's that's how this... this, um, this uh, I'm, I'm stealing... Uh, Sammy's uh, phrase from from before Pandora's box, uh, but this is how uh, the Pandora's box opened because of a game door breach, a game day breach. That's how the door yep. opened. Yep. But but now that it's open, um, they've got information that would suggest that um, rule violation. So uh, they, they, it's not that they can only investigate game day breaches. They can go further than that. And 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 so that's I mean yeah so so the short answer to, to your question Gary is um, uh, the doors open and they can walk through it if they think it's so it's, it's appropriate. So a posit- I'm just trying to work this out. So a positive test, middle of the week or you know whenever they do their drug testing, they Sport Integrity Australia have then got the capacity to go okay player 
Jones, no, I don't want to use Jones, player X has tested positive. I want his phone. I'm going to go through his phone. I'm going to look at the contacts. I'm going to, it, that, they've got that capacity just for a run of the mill, and I don't, again, a run of the mill positive test. Yeah, um, my understanding is that is exactly what has happened here. That that is exactly what's happened here. We've had a we've had the we've had the positive test, and um, and then we on uh, game and then, day and though, then they've confiscated really. on yes, game day. Yes, yep, yep, and then they've confiscated his phone. Yeah, that no, so, that's, and so now yeah. they go on. Sorry, keep going. So so now they've got that information. They can use that to. Um, go dig deeper and go further. Now, if, if you're saying, um, if you're saying, but hang on, what about what about just a normal, a normal uh, test that's out of comp- an out of competition yes. test, for yes. example? Yes. I, I, I look. The short answer is I don't know, but I I would expect that that the the, the rules would be the same. That is, once they once they um, come into possession of information, they can then investigate it. You know, oh, this person tested positive for X. Right? How did they get that? Why did they? Why were they taking it? What are the circumstances in which they were taking it, et cetera, et cetera? And so they can then in, and investigate, and and then of course that opens up all these other avenues and lines of inquiry. So I, I expect that is the case. Uh, difficult for you. We appreciate it. You, you don't know all the facts, and you're not at the coalface, but you do a great job of trying to put make some sense of it all. We appreciate you giving us some time, mate. Thanks, guys. Justin Quill, partner at Major Law Firm Thomas Gear. I, I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. I th- I th- no, no. I thought that this, because it was in competition and then becomes, you know, at a whole different level, that's why it gets escalated. Gee, they're going to have some work to do. Then if they're going to track down every single positive. I think their powers are far-reaching. I mean, when a code, when a when a, a sport fits under the uh, SIA code, the USADA code, then they're beholden to the powers that that. No, that, I, that I understand, and that should be. But there is a different. There is a difference by its very nature of when the positives. Uh, found because the well has been up until recently a two to four year suspension if you're in game day. Yeah, but trafficking clearly has taken it to a whole other well, level. Yeah, that does indeed. Yeah, no, we've got to take a break. I'm sorry, we've gone a little bit past that. I appreciate you trying to make. I'm sure this will rage all day, Sammy, and you'll be across it all. Give us a call though. You've been listening to this conversation. Uh, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, we'd love to hear from you after the break. Uh, our timings are out. I apologise. We're going to have to get another break away, but we went longer with Justin Quill. The conversation started was for the drain drain problems. Call the experts. Uh, 40 Winks Temper text is up and going. Uh, we appreciate everyone that's sending their message in and got an interest in it. I know there's other stuff you want to talk about, but right now this is the story of the day. 0433981116. Tim's throwing the lines open. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 as We're not in the dark. We're trying to be as informed as you are out there, but we're happy to... Talk our way through this, and I learned some stuff there as well, Whispers. So Yeah, I think we both did. I think everybody listening to that probably learned some um, things about this as well and uh, the extension, the possible potential extension mm. of this as an investigation and who or what it may also drag in. So um, that's sort of where we're, where we're at at the moment. One three hundred seven three. Get jump on the line. Give us a text message. We'll have a chat about it, or anything else you want to have a talk about. Well, uh, the show is yours, as we always say. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Got a full board, so let's rip into it. Mark's in Melton. Morning to you, Mark. Good morning, lads. Uh, I kind of have two questions uh, relating to the matters um, for Joel Smith this morning. One, what is the performance envelope for a, 
uh, for cocaine on a on an AFL player on game day? Does it improve or enhance performance? Is there is there some kind of concern about um, players being out there on it? And, and secondly, if I remember the Essendon saga correctly, uh, Asada or, or SIA were more concerned about, or equally as concerned about the breaches of, of drug policy as they were concerned about um, potential criminal elements being aware of wrongdoing being occur, occurring and using that information to um, perhaps leverage um, the results that they wanted out of specific players. Yeah, uh, Mark, it's a really opportune question you ask. I'll deal with the first one. Uh, I'm not sure about the second, but the first, and we, this is what I was trying to talk to Quill about, and this is not having a crack at Justin Quill, who's you know across this better than anyone, but if Joel Smith had been tested on a Wednesday, for instance, and, got te- and tested a positive, he would just get a strike. It's not deemed to be a performance-enhancing drug unless it is on game day, which then elevates it. That's so right. that's the differentiation here. The, the 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 door and this is the why you know drugs at any time no good but we know that it happens but the fact that it happened on a game day is what elevates this to the next level yeah. and, and it's, it's deemed, deemed to be, to be performance a performance enha- enhancing drug on game on day game in day. answer to that question yes and that is why uh, sports integrity australia are so heavily involved. Had it been the Wednesday, yeah, positive strike, you go on the book, yeah, be monitored, da da da. Sport, Sports Ticket Australia not interested in that on a Wednesday. So that's the differentiation between the two. And that's what I was trying to get at. Otherwise, they'd be tracking down every positive around the joint. This, this game day positive, which just blows my mind, I can't get my head around it. And I, I, find I have no excuse for anyone. It's just that that's why why we're where we're at. So, Mark, that's a, it's a really opportune question. We wanted to clarify that, and I appreciate you. That was Andy that uh, in uh, Armadale. Uh, Mark, no, is that, it? that was Mark, I think. No, I think Mark is our next caller in Tullamarine. Good morning, Mark. No, 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 we're up to Andy in Armadale. And Mark was our first caller in Melton. Hey, Andy. You there, boys? Yep. Now, Timmy, I'm going to spare you. Yeah, this is Andy from Armadale. Now, Gary, I've never heard so much legal mumbo-jumbo in all my life. Using and trafficking cocaine is a criminal offence. Now, Melbourne's imploding. You know that. And you and your the other legends of the club need to get in there, call it out, and clean it up. Could you imagine what Robbie Flower would be thinking this morning if he heard this, if he was still with us? You know, this is an absolute disgrace. This is a criminal offence. I don't want Cool getting on there talking his legal mumbo-jumbo, whether it's performance-enhancing, whether it's game day, not game day. This is a disgrace coming from the Melbourne Football Club. Yes, I can feel you and hear your passion, and it also concerns me as well, Andy. Times change, um, and no-one's condoning drug use, but whether you like it or not, there is a differentiation between what happens during a week and what happens on game day. So we're, all we're doing is trying to provide you with the facts. I understand your passion. I hope and I hope like hell they can get it sorted out, but it has to be dealt with. It can't be swept under the carpet. Um, but we appreciate you ringing up and I share your love too. Mark's in, now Mark's in Tullamarine. G'day, Mark. <laughs> is it me now? Hello. It is, it is. Good on you, mate. How are you? Uh, I'm well, I'm stuck in Balstreet. Mark, I'm stuck in uh, traffic in Bell Street at the moment, but all good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's, um, let's, let's just call it for what it is. Look, um, it's just insane, this whole saga. You know, as a general community, we, you know, we, we accept now that, you know, AFL players, you know, in general, on average, are probably more dabbling in, you know, social drugs than like anyone else. Let's just accept that for what it is. But the fact, you know, I'm glad that, you know, this is unfortunately for, for Joel, you know, being tested on a game day because if there's um, aspects of the club where 
there's been a bit of underhanding or, you know, a bit of, you know, look the other way, then it's got to be called out and it's got to be, you know, they've got to be taken out of the club because, you know, as a, as a lifelong Demons fan, you know, our whole family loves the club. We go every week. We want to go to a club that actually, you know, is doing good things for the community. But by the sounds of it, it's just a dog's breakfast that won't go away. So, you know, we want to, you know, get in there and not, not get, you know, Gary Lyon in there and start cracking skulls. But if, you know, the integrity of, you know, Sports Integrity Australia's got to get in there and do what they have to do, do it. Fair enough, too. Good on you, Marco. Um, Andrew says we didn't answer the question. Cocaine is a stimulant and therefore enhances match day play. That's what we said, Andrew. The difference between a Wednesday and a weekend is that mm. it's deemed to be a performance-enhancing drug. So um, you might have misunderstood us. Simon's in Fairfield. Go, Simon. Great, fellas. How are you? We're good. That's good. Just on a broader issue, um, just with what um, Joel may have resorted to with the trafficking side of things and with what happened with Marlon Pickett in the past, do you think the bottom end of AFL players may be underpaid considering the money the AFL makes and what the executives got paid? Um, I know the average payment this year is going to be $414,000, Simon. So there's a lot of money in the game. Uh, What's the point that you're making? So the bottom end, say like there's a lot of plays on 100 grand and uh, I don't know if Joel would have been on 400 or Marlon. No, he wouldn't be. He wouldn't be. No, they wouldn't be on Simon. So what's the point you're making in terms of them, the lower end of the pay scale? they have to resort to other things because like the average lifespan is four years and um, they obviously have a lot of temptations outside from people. Uh, so do you think there's more temptation if you're being paid lower on a lower salary than if you're on a higher salary or a medium salary? You wouldn't see someone like Dusty or one of the high-end players being involved in this, I don't think, um, with the criminal element. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Simon, with respect that I agree with, with where you go. I mean, we've seen the cautionary tale of Ben Cousins who um, was at the peak of his powers and was as, probably as well paid as anyone, was a Brownlow medalist and superstar yeah. and um, the challenges that he had to confront. So I think it's non-discriminatory and we're aware of that. Um, uh, I'm not condoning drug use for that person who said it. I'm just... I'm, no, you're I'm, not. I'm, I'm, a no, real, I'm a realist. You're a realist. I'm just saying that yeah. when I say times have changed... They have changed. It is a part of society. I'm not saying that it is – we accept it. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying that is the reality of life. Now, you put things in place to try and deal with it, but you're never going to get a perfect outcome. And we would be fools to think that what has happened at Melbourne hasn't happened or may not be happening at any other AFL club right now as well. Tom's in Melbourne. Okay, Tom. Morning, boys. Um, just wondering, was Joel – Tested in the before the game or after the game, and was he selected the week following the test? He was tested after the game. It would be a, a post game post game post game test. And did he play the final? He played in the finals, yeah. So I don't know when the Melbourne when. What's the time frame? I'm not sure when how quickly they find the positives. We'll try and find out for you, Tom. Is that what you're getting at? Well, yeah. The Look, it doesn't take too long to do a test, right? You need roadside tests and blood tests, and it will come back in a couple of minutes. Yeah. So does Melbourne understand, Does Melbourne have the information and say, well, before it goes out, we're going to pick Joel until a consequence, or is it? Um, are they instructed by a starters when the yep. positive comes to them? We'll get the exact time frames for you on that. Time. I'd be confident in saying that they would be instructed by a starter when that comes through. Yeah.
Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Gary Buick's going to join us in just a moment, and uh, it's a good news story too. It'd be good to talk to Boris about uh, young Will Parker. He coached him, but we'll just tidy up a couple of things. We had a question before the news about uh, when Melbourne would know about the positive for Joel Smith. So they we we got uh, this information in the news break. They learned after they were out of the finals. They went out in straight sets, so they didn't learn until the season was finished. And the media learned on October the 18th is when that story broke as well. And this is from John. He says, guys, uh, your listeners are confused over the meaning of the term accept. It may be cleverer, it may be clearer to say that we recognise that players use drugs, but we don't accept that it's appropriate. And that's a very good point as that's well. That's a good point. That's that a is good a good point. point. We don't accept it. You should we, have made that point before. But that's a good point. We recognise and understand it. Uh, yesterday we spoke about Will Parker. Um, given we weren't sure where he was going to go, though. Yesterday, no, Collingwood we? and the Western Bulldogs were the two teams said to be in the running. The Western Bulldogs have had great success. Alex Keith was in that situation, was a state cricketer, elected to go to footy and found his way to the Bulldogs. And then James O'Donnell was the most recent. Simon's son, talented cricketer, um, and then elected to go to the dogs and play footy and within a short space of time was in the senior team. And now Will Parker, who was touted as a potential top 10 pick, we'll find out if that's true or apocryphal. He's played four state games, but now it would appear that he's also going down that path. And the Collingwood Footy Club have picked him up and the uh, man who was coaching him in his formative years is Darren Buick and he's been good enough to join us. Go, Boris. Morning, Gary. Morning, Tim. Uh, Great to hear from you. Uh, What can you tell us about young Will? Oh, look, I'm... um really excited for him for a start uh, you know he's a ripping kid comes from a really good family um, obviously Jeff's at Port Adelaide and his uncle um, but yeah he he showed a, you know, a fair bit he was touted as a probably a first round pick um, and I think you know he played as a, I played him a couple of games as a 16 year old at Eastern Rangers and he played a full year I think it was 2019 um, and played in the grand final side uh, and then started pre-season 2020 and then obviously COVID interrupted everything. Um, he was tracking really good um, and, as I said, um, touted as the first round pick and, and I would have thought as the year went on, probably might have been a bit higher. Hey, Boris, good morning to you. Was he, uh, is he a midfield type? What position does he play and what style of footballer is he? Uh, no, he didn't play through the midfield a lot. With a couple of times you tried to put him through, but he, because of his cricket commitments, his pre-season wasn't a full one all the time. So it took a few games and that to get into it in that 2019 season. He was a half-back, uh, intercepting half-back. He was a beautiful kick, elite kick. Um, saw the game really well um, and was able to use the ball, as I said. Um, decision-making really high. Um, so off half back, he, he caused a little bit of damage. Athletically gifted in terms of speed or, or not power? No, he wasn't athletically gifted. Um, but in saying that, uh, again, because of his lack of pre-season due to the cricket the commitments that he had in summer, it took him a little while. But he had power. I mean, he kicked the ball long distances. Um, pretty, like, he, the game was... It slowed down a little bit for him, um, and he, as I said, he could see things happening, and and his decision making was really good. What about um, we, soft, we, we? We you mentioned the COVID years and that type of thing, and I think we do overlook how disruptive those COVID years were for young development. 
Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, and that, and that was part of the reason why we all decided uh, to go down the cricket path because the the NAB league, as it was then, um, it got called off, and he had no he had no uh, where to show what he could do, um, no avenue to show what he could do in, with his footy. So the cricket was there um, for that summer coming up, and um, but yeah, there's a lot of kids in that you know, 2021, who, you know, I don't think we're able to uh, develop to their full potential. And I think that was, you know, it's been seen in the draft, but a lot of those, a lot of those boys have taken a while to adjust to the AFL system and, and show what they can do. So um, we're talking to Darren Buick, who was uh, the former coach of Will Park and now coaching out at Greenvale, uh, Boris. What's the state of suburban footy like from your um, uh, close point of view? Um... Yeah, it's tough. Um, competition's tough to try and get players. Um, we're in the EDFL, and uh, the it's a good competition. You know, you know, Mickey McGuan's a legend out at Gilor and there's a few ex-AFL boys coaching. But to get players and and uh, retain them, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of money going around in the in the country, Gary, as you would know. Um, <laughs> the, the salary caps, aren't they? <laughs> Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently there are, but um, you know the point system works a little bit, um, but the salary cap I think needs to be looked at in terms of um, making things a little bit even in terms in, in making sure that it's you know followed and but even you know during COVID or before COVID even in our local league it was I think a couple hundred thousand and and that got cut in half um, and they're slowly starting to increase that now but um, you know. My first time in community football, I've been there a couple of years now, um, it's great. Um, you know, I love coaching the boys and, and getting involved with that and, and giving a bit back. So, it's, you know, it's been good fun and um, hopefully, you know, the Jets can go all right this year. I was listening to the AFL last week, Boris, and they were talking about how they're flush with money at the moment and how they continue to inject money into development. Where, where would you like to see the money spent right now? given that you're on the ground there and you observe the development of football and uh, the young players coming through, is there something specifically that you see that's been overlooked potentially? Oh, look, I just think, you know, I think it's just got to be put back into that grassroots. You know, you need to have participants and from those participants, you get a, you know, you get a percentage of them going on to the elite level. It, you know, um, facilities need to be upgraded, um, you know, I think it just needs to be uh, thrown back into those grassroots. So, I mean, that's where the players come from. I, I think I think we could do the the actual, well, what is it now, the Coast League a little bit better. I think we can make that um, a more viable proposition in terms of making it known what, you know, the kids coming through. Like, is there a way to sort of expose these kids to, you know, the wider community? So they know what's going a little bit like the college system in in the US. Um, I know that's a far reach, but um, it could be something done, and and it just gives you know the fans an opportunity to see who's coming through, um, and gives players you know a real preparation into an AFL you know elite lifestyle. I'm hearing you may be one of the great sires ever to have played the game. Uh, have you got a boy that's uh, starting to show a lot of promise? Um, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's going okay. He's uh, just turned 15, uh, young Kobe. Um, 
Yeah, he's, he's, showing a, he's showing a fair bit. He's doing a little bit of work up at Essendon. He can't do too much because he's only 15, but he spends a little bit of time up there, um, or he started to. Um, but, yeah, he still plays his basketball and other sports. And is he... Is he um... Too, too much time on the PlayStation, Gary, but, you know, he's, uh, he's coming along pretty well. Is he, is he developed a nice turn of phrase like his old man used to have out in the playing field? A bit of toe, did you say? No, turn, a, a bit of lip. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, no, that will come. That will come. Um, you know, got to get the fundamentals right first, Gary, and then we'll worry about the other stuff. Well, if he's half as good as his old man on the lip, mm. he's going to be a beauty. Hey, uh, we appreciate you jumping on, mate. Um, we'll watch Will with great interest, and we'll also keep an eye on the young Buick coming through. Thanks for your time. Great news. Good evening, boys. Have a good day. Hi, Boris. Who's uh, coaching out uh, in Greenvale. And um, well, he, he was pretty lippy. Whispers. He was. He no, was, he was one of the finest he, uh, when it came to that. He always had something to say. In fact, I could do another list of the <laughs> lippiest players I played against. I don't know. I had a problem with um, cheeky small rovers. Did because you? Because he and Tony Francis were right. probably the two that got under my goat. Most. Do you think you started it in any way? Maybe reciprocated. I would have been responding. I wouldn't have started it. But um, he was a beauty, Dad. He was. What about his performance? What a good player. In the prelim final 1993 against Adelaide, kicked six goals. Is that the one where you kicked a couple? I can't remember much (laughs) about that game. Um, Amit Baines was on yesterday. Well well done to Jared because the story about the Western Bulldogs and particular tensions and whether there is or isn't. Breakdown in relationships. Yeah, yeah, it swirls. It just swirls. And mm. I, you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, let's let's deal with this. And Jared did. He got to meet Baines on yesterday, and I thought he was with the little bits that I've heard and the most that I've read about. I thought he was great. Like he didn't try and hide behind anything. When he was asked if there was a little bit of tension, this is how he responded. Is there a tension between the two of them? Uh, there has been, um, you know. In, in many quarters, I think, just generally within the department, going back to the previous question about that uncertainty. But, um, you know, I was on record um, a couple of weeks ago dismissing some of the suggestions about there being um, a blow-up and an unworkable um, uh, breakdown and, and things like that. I think that's grossly exaggerated. And to the extent that, um, you know, some of these tensions existed within our football program even more broadly, um, it's fair to say that um, that was last year and coming back into the new year, and I know we'll talk about um, the season to come, it's been incredibly positive. Tension, good thing, bad thing? Real. real. It can be real. Okay. Real. All footy clubs have tensions. You know, if you think that you're running an AFL footy club and there's not going to be tension at some stage between... Whoever it is, whether it's your senior coach or not, then you're naive. It's how you manage it. It's how you deal with it. If it gets too much, you make some changes. That's the way I'm running it anyway. I'm not invested in the Bulldogs other than, you know, I like Luke Beveridge and I'm interested to see that he gets the best crack at it. And if he and Granny weren't going to work as well as they could have or the way as well Mm. as they have in the past, then change it. And they did. Well, and he admitted to it, and I thought it was great. You can have tension, and that's fine. You can have robust. Like you would have, you would hope that every organisation has robust discussion and bo- communication with each other. And I'm so respectful, robust, challenge and challenge, and that type of thing. But you still need alignment, and yeah. so you need to make sure if you're the CEO of the organisation or whatever that that doesn't disrupt and disconnect to the point where you can't have two people in a football club who don't get onto the point where they don't communicate the impo- yeah. the important issues that need to be discussed daily or weekly or monthly. If you're a Western Bulldogs fan you heard that, which we've got the most rabid as our producer, mm. 
I think you'd be happy. I think, well, not happy. I think you'd be satisfied with that answer. And you're not trying to sweep it under the carpet. If he had said, no tension, nothing whatsoever, they're great mates, we've decided to make a change, well, then you go, well, hang on, mm. I'm, I'm not sure we're getting the full story. But I think that's that's fine. And we go then work in different environments. And you and I yeah, We have, have tension gone, in here, don't we? Not really. But yeah, we've we gone post our careers into a media world where it's not always, you know, you've you got to explain to the people you work with that just because – I question something or challenge something doesn't yeah. doesn't mean that we're going to fall out and break the whole relationship. Or I don't like down. you. Well, some the reaction to some of it is. I know. I because, know. Because we get brought up in a more robust environment. One hundred percent, we do, and we have, and then we have to then modify our behaviours when we go into other environments because that's not necessarily how people communicate. So no. you have to learn modify. a different way of communicating which with is people too. Self awareness, which we talk about constantly. Yeah, and, and understanding that. And then if the people don't can't handle some of it, you either change the way you deliver it or you just accept it and go, well, that's not – we're not on the same page and that's life. Mm. You're on the same page as this man, though. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Great to have you with us. It's been a very busy morning. We're doing the rabbit hole a little bit later in the morning as well. So the podcast, the first of 2024, will be out later today. Toyota quarter of the year. We've had plenty of them. It's back, your chance to win the 2024 Toyota Hilux GR Sport. Arrange your next Toyota service the easy way. Book online today. Chris has joined us from Taylor's Hill. G'day, Chris. Hello, gentlemen. Good. Uh, well, Thanks. Yeah. No, sorry about that. Really quickly, the love machine from Tullamarine, who called up a little bit earlier on, is 100% correct. Our family is shattered by what we've heard so far. But I tell you what, there's a bloke sitting over in Perth on his beautiful Chesterfield couch having a lovely glass of cognac and going on a stogie right now. Mr. Glenn Bartlett, he was definitely onto something, and I thought he was a bit of a fool for what he's been taking the club through. I'm starting to think that we're the fools for not believing. All right, Chris, it'll play out in time, and uh, this word's got to come to a conclusion, of course, and then the, game, the season will start, and we'll work mm. out whether this is, has uh, an adverse um, effect on the playing group or whether it galvanises them. I guess we'll wait and see. Yes. What do you uh, think? Or will be revealed. I don't know. It can. These things can go either way. Um, Max Gorn's depends. got to stand up today in front of the media and launch Auskick. That's true. With Andrew Dillon, the CEO. So he'll be asked the question. Yeah, he will. But he's experienced, so he'll be able to handle that. It's more along the lines of the unknown and what the players may or may not or may think about what possibly could transpire down the track and how broadly or how widely or how more this investigation goes. So that, 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 that's, that's what can weigh on the minds of players. At the end of the interview we had in here, pre when you know, Gary Pert mm. now you know, would be under some pressure, said it's the best culture he's seen in 40 years when we challenged him on that. And, and in the end, Simon Goodwin said, listen, we don't, we don't want to tell you that we, our culture's fine. Yes. This, is, this was the one of the key takeaways for me anyway, he said, we're going to have to show you. He mm. said, so I guess he's assuming we understand that there's questions. We understand the questions that have been raised. There's no good us just sitting here going, look, we've fixed it or we're better or blah, blah, blah. We mm. have to show you. So now we wait and see. But did they acknowledge that they had something to fix? Um, within reason, not Purdy, you know, as I said, Purdy yes. on the record. And it's he said, it's a bit, which, you know, it was hard to get your head around at the time and, and particularly now, I guess, but... 
from a per, uh, from uh, Simon's point of view, I think they acknowledge that there are issues, of course. But now, whether it's fixed, he said, "Well, we, there's no good telling you. We have to show you." And I know that the players—that's the way the players think. So, but there's that. There's one. That's one thing they may have to fix. The other thing is they may have to fix their front half and their front six. Yeah, well, that's the next part. Okay, who do you see playing as their front six, their forward line in the first game of the season? Well, because he won't be there because he's been suspended, mm. and the question mark is over Petty. If in an ideal world, it's Petty Fritch. Um, and Van Royen as your tallest, strongest, and your mobile, and then surrounded by Chandler, uh, Pickett, and maybe you know, look, maybe Young Kynan Brown's going to stick his name up. But that, that's that's the man. Petrarca will go down, and spend more time. That's where they're hoping it looks like. But then you got question mark over the foot of Petty. Um, yeah, as I said, Pickett's not going to be in the first game, so they're going to have to sort of stop gap it a bit. So is your feeling though that they're going to be better than what they were last year in the front half? I'm not, not confident enough to say that, no. no. So I'm a, I'm a wait and see as well. Hey, uh, speaking of Essendon royalty, mm-hmm. uh, I want to wish Mark Mercury a happy birthday. The Mercurial one turns 50 today. What a champion. That's from Chris in Bateman's Bay. Happy birthday to you, Freddie. Where's, he, where's Freddie rating your best players in Essendon? He was a super, super player. Top he was. 10 for you? Yes. He's in your, when are you doing your top 10 Essendon players? Um, one day uh, when I've got plenty of time to sit down and go through it. I can't. I can't go the top 10 of all time. I'll go the top 10 that I've played alongside or seen right. in the time I've been in right. SME. I can't yeah. wait for that. Corn no. had, had this to say on the Adelaide Leadership Group yesterday, which pricked my ears. I note that Adelaide announced theirs today, and this is who is in their eight-person leadership group. Wayne Miller, Ben Keyes, Brody Smith, Riley O'Brien, Darcy Fogarty, Mitch Hinge, and Lockie Murphy. Now, I'm not certain three of those players are guaranteed a spot in the side, let alone a spot in the leadership group. Now, to me, leadership, 90% of it is what you do on game day. Do you front up? Are you consistent? Do you stand up in big moments? And do you perform to the level that you need to for the team? Fair enough, too. And your response? Tom Jonas. (laughs) That's my response. Did he, I don't know if he went on to mention, Tom. He may have. Corn might have mentioned that last he year. He may have. He may have talked about that last year. You're quite right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very hard to – I find it really hard to discuss the leadership groups at AFL clubs yeah, and who should be and who should – because we don't know. No. Like, unless you're walking around the corridor day in, day out at that football club and also you understand what it is that the club itself is trying to achieve in its leadership group and what the criteria might be. How can you comment on things like that? Yeah, well, that's right. And I think the deeper your leadership grow, goes, you can afford to have a player or two who may not be an absolute walk-up start mm. because you may you know, just value them so much for what they do around the club and they work so hard and strive so hard mm. to get in that best 22 that it provides great leadership anyway. But for your captain... Oh, no, your captain, you want your captain playing week in, week out, don't you? You do. And you want him displaying all those characteristics. Yeah. Um, just like Max Gore and someone said it's a bit harsh that he has to front up. That He's fronting up on a AFL duty as a um, Auskick ambassador. Yes. And it just so happened that the timing for Max, unfortunately, today is probably not ideal, but he won't shirk it. No, he won't. He may get one, asked one or two questions, but I'm sure that he's going to be um, he's going to be briefed about that, and I'm sure that he'll have an answer ready. Yeah. It may not be the answer that satisfies everybody that <laughs> no. attends the media conference, but it will be an answer. Correct. And um, there'll be a follow-up question, and he'll have an answer to that as well. 
Jordan Dawson, Brody Smith, Ben Keys, Riley O'Brien, and the additions are Darcy Fogarty, Lockie Murphy, Wayne Malera, and Mitch Hinge. So there you go. Hey, just quickly, a study by Victorian University has found that uniforms were discouraging women from becoming referees and umpires. What about this? Chelsea Roffey. What? She said that she had bought her own pants from a camping shop because the provided uniform was a poor fit. So when she was goal umpiring, yeah. right? She was particularly unhappy with the fit of her, of her trouser. So she had to drop off at uh, Caravan and Camping or whatever it is on the way. or BC, What is it, BCF or yeah, one she, of those stores on the way yeah. to get herself a nicely fitted trouser that she could wear and feel comfortable in? That's well, not good enough, is it? Well, no, it's not. And I would imagine maybe because the majority of goal umpires are men. That's right. That they've just had the one. Size. Well, they gave them the men's uniform yeah. and said, you know, no. make that fit. They had to take no. them to the t- a study cited the lack of female styles, sizes and styles and practical features such as pockets and breathable fabrics. Now, uh, if look, you're out there running around being a goal umpire. Davey Roden style. Yeah, you need a little bit of. Give and take, got big of thighs. Course, of course you do. It's yeah. got to have a little bit of stretch in it. You are the stretch uh, king. I love of, a stretch. I know you do. <laughs> You love a fabric too. You like a little bit of cashmere in your in your goal hump. Right, enough of that. Enough of that. We've got to take a break because we're very excited. Uh, It's Melbourne Mavericks membership week. They're the brand new team in the national netball competition. Tracy Neville is the coach. I've met Tracy. She's a great, great chat, and she's going to join us in the studio shortly. Tracy Neville's going to join us in the studio. I hope you're ready to go with all of your uh, uh, netball questions. Hey. um, can I give out that horse that you and Mark have? No. <laughs> what? You said it's going to win. You're being mischievous because I told you. Mark Harvey said. I told you that he said <laughs> that it's gonna I win. wasn't to share it with anybody, well, including on. you. Well, come on. Our audience is, we're all one big family. He said it's impacting them tomorrow. <laughs> Can I have a. No. Can we get him on tomorrow? Yeah, no. Will he be able to tell us tomorrow? No, you don't. It's a private conversation that I had with him, and now you've brought a private conversation out into the public forum. Uh, like that segment that you started when we came back, conversations we had in the ad program. Yes. And if, you keep, <laughs> if you keep going, I'll, I'll also mention what you said about the uniform before. <laughs> <laughs> What do you know? All right. Well, they used to wear a knee-length trench coat and a bowler yeah, hat. Well, bring, bring that, that back. back. That's what Dave said. Bring well, that back and uh, see how they go on the comfortability. But oh, they're going to move around a lot more than they did back in the day, Dave. That, um, no, I'm with Dave. Okay. Well, what about a suggestion for what, what would you see as a nice breathable fabric that would suit everybody and they wouldn't necessarily need to get a, a female fit and a male fit? Stretch cotton, a nice stretch cotton, yeah, with a little bit of spandex in it. Well, that, that that's by the, its very nature; it gives it a little bit of stretch, a little bit of give. Yes, because Davey Roden's got the big thighs. Yes, he would appreciate that. Hundred percent, not a skin tighter though. What about a nice Greg Loren style trouser? Because no. that's got a lot of pockets no, and stuff. They might, and zips. They, their financials might be in rude health. <laughs> They're not in that rude of health. I'd love to see the trench coat. Uh, come back though. Anyway, we digress. The Toyota Caller of the Year's back. We've had plenty. We'll choose one, I reckon, out of today because there's a lot of interested callers and it'll keep going. Jared Waitley will pick up the running. We're going to change tack and we are going to get the coach of the Melbourne Mavericks netball team, Tracy Neville, in the studio next. (laughs) 
Tracy Neville's going to join us in the studio. I hope you're ready to go with all of your uh, uh, netball questions. Hey, um, can I give out that horse that you and Mark over? No. <laughs> what? You said it's going to win. You're being mischievous because I told you. Mark Harvey said. I told you that he said <laughs> that it's gonna I win. wasn't to share it with anybody, oh, including on. you. Well, come on. Our audience is, we're all one big family. He said it's in Packham tomorrow. <laughs> Can I have a? No. Can we get him on tomorrow? Yeah, no. Will he be able to tell us tomorrow? No, you don't. It's a private conversation that I had with him. And now you've brought a private conversation out into the public forum. Uh, like that segment that you started when we came back, conversations we had in the ad program. Yes. And if, you keep, <laughs> if you keep going, I'll, I'll also mention what you said about the uniform before. Oh. <laughs> what do you know? Right, well, they used to wear a knee-length trench coat and a bowler yeah, hat. We'll bring, bring that, that back. back. That's what Dave said. Bring well, that back uh, and see how they go on the comfortability. But oh, they're going to well, move around a lot more than they did back in the day, Dave. I'm, no, I'm with Dave. Okay, well, what about a suggestion for what What would you see as a nice breathable fabric that would suit everybody and they wouldn't necessarily need to get a a female fit and a male fit? Stretch cotton. A nice stretch cotton. Yeah. With a little bit of spandex in it. Well, that, that, that's by its very nature. It gives it a little bit of stretch, a little bit of give. Yes. Because Davey Roden's got the big thighs. Yes, you would appreciate that. Hundred percent. Not a skin tighter though. What about a nice Greg Loren style trouser? Because no. that's got a lot of pockets no, and stuff. They might, and zips. They, their financials might be in rude health. <laughs> They're not in that rude health. I'd love to see the trench coat uh, come back though. Anyway, we digress. The Toyota Call of the Year's back. We've had plenty. We'll choose one. I reckon out of today because there's a lot of interested callers, and it'll keep going. Jared Waitley will pick up the running. We're going to change tack, and we are going to get the coach of the Melbourne Mavericks netball team, Tracy Neville, in the studio next. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. And we've got an addition this morning. Our Melbourne Mavericks inaugural coach has joined us in the studio. Her name is Tracy Neville and has she put the wisp back in his box already this morning? G'day, Trace. <laughs> G'day. G'day. G'day, mate. Welcome, welcome, welcome on Melbourne Mavericks Membership Week. How's it all going? Yeah, it's going really well. Um, the girls are back in training since January um, on court. We've had a couple of practice matches, which I felt, you know, I didn't expect them to be where they were at, but um, they really attacked it and they did some great stuff. So, a lot of stuff, real positive stuff going forward into what is our pre-season, building into the season. I feel a disadvantage here because you actually spent some time with Tracy at a we've luncheon met. recently. Is that right? Dinner. A warm embrace when she came in this morning. I got a <laughs> were, very... you not, were you not invited? No. No, I wasn't invited, no. Oh, he's not, not that, at all. He's not very oh. social, Tracy. Botswana Butcher is the place to go. <laughs> Botswana Butcher. <laughs> I'll tell you what, she's fitting right here at SEN. Don't worry Pri- about that. Private dining, by the way, too. <laughs> you're, right at, you're, you're right at home here in Melbourne already, aren't you? Oh, I know everywhere. You know, just take me to the best spots and that's where I've been since rocking myself since. Yeah, all we want to know is... <laughs> What's this coaching job, you know? <laughs> well, your history is unbelievable. You represented Read England 81 times during your playing career and you've been coaching since 2011. Yeah. 81 English caps. What posse? I, I actually think to myself, though, I'm actually a better coach than I was a player. When I when I see my shooters shoot now, I think, oh, I probably would have missed a few. <laughs> when you see your what? When I see some of my shooters shooting oh, now, I think, oh, I probably would have missed a few. Were you a goalie? 
Yeah, I was a very small goalie. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say you're that. not that tall for a goalie, are you? you must no. have been nimble. You must have been quick. I was speed agile, off, zippy, speed off the mark. <laughs> and agile. You don't get thunder thighs like without having speed. That's a cute speed. Tim's got thunder thighs. <laughs> why did Why did you want to go into coaching? Then was it just a natural progression? No, it wasn't. Um, I actually didn't want to get into coaching. I thought I needed a bit of time out, and I think it's because um, the playing career took so much of my time. Yeah, that you sometimes you just want to break, but. It felt like the natural path. So when I was younger, I had a coach who made me do all my coaching badges and it used to like pay a few bills yeah. and um, and all that. So, and then when I got out of it, um, I started to coach an under 19, like just club team. And I took them to the national final for the first time. Then I started to take another national um, under 19 team and we, we were quite successful. And I thought, oh, I, I quite enjoy this. I quite enjoy the on, on the spot coaching, but I also liked the high performance and I liked technically to being able to improve a player as well so and then obviously then started to get my roles within coaching and it sort of just progressed from there and it feels like I just seem to sort of hiccup into my next job um it's not like I apply or go out and um, hunt at the job it's just like a conversation um seems to go into my my next step in my future and it just feels that that's the way it's always happened and even this job um you know it was a a conversation it was a text message from the the big boss here and that that conversation progressed and before you knew it i'm living spending like my, my life in melbourne <laughs> well, my family to the other side of the world well, well coaching is teaching and teaching is communicate you I, I can already tell you're a great communicator Do where does that come from um well have you ever met gary <laughs> i saw him on the docker the beckham yeah. docker he, he looks like a great communicator too yeah I, th- I think we've always been very um chatty very social i think my dad was the social king Neville. of yeah Neville 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 Neville, Neville yeah um, <laughs> he was the social king of Bury um, where we used to live um, you know he he taught us some great values he was very he was very well known not only because of his name but also because of the impact that he had on um, football back in the UK you know he. I'm going to jump in. Did you set this up properly? Like, uh, this is the Neville family. No, no. I just had an expectation that po- well, most people would know who the Neville family wouldn't. were. So Tracy's father's Neville Neville, but brothers Gary and Phil, but Gary, more famous than Phil, was it? Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, it be careful. Be, be careful. He wouldn't be listening, would he? Gary, Gary sort of moved into more of your era now, hasn't he? Mm. Like that, the bad side, the dark side yep. that you tend to avoid yes, as an athlete. that's right. <laughs> he's, 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 Neville, he's the Kane Corns of English radio yeah, <laughs> and television. Exactly. And Neville is Tracy's twin brother. Phil. Sorry, Phil. Sorry, Neville. Phil. No, sorry. Was a dad, you no, no, I, no, sorry. I got that wrong. Right, Tracy, Phil look is what I'm Tracy's twin brother. Yes. Yeah. Phil's, yeah. So Phil's currently taking the head coach of the Portland yes. Timbers out in America. Right. Gary, oh, he's doing everything at the moment. He's doing everything. Dragon's Den, which is like your Sharks Den out here. He's doing commentary. He's, he's, yeah, he's running a lot of stuff at the moment. Is he doing he's, the Dragon's Den? Yeah, so he's um, he was a guest. He's just done a guest appearance on Dragons Den, right. so that was quite huge for him. Oh, yeah. um, Massive show. Yeah, and I, I think um, Steve, um, the sea, you know, the Diaries of the Sea. I think he's coming out to Australia soon ah. in April. So yeah, who he did it with? So yeah, he's he's moving into fields that I would never oh. expe- have expected him. To I just want to establish that because this is a yes. very famous sporting family Important. that we're dealing with, and and the assumption was right, Tim, but there be some people that may be not aware. Of course, and I was saying to you off air before, just listening to both your brothers talk about their career and Man United and their teammates and that type of thing, loyalty seemed to be like a massive thing in your family. Was it growing up? Is that something that your dad pointed out to you or was yeah. it just something that you just 
lived? No, I, I think our parents were great um, people on ensuring we had great values, behaviours. We respected the environment. But they were also great people in pushing us, not pushing us as in trophy parents, but taking opportunities. They always supported any opportunity we got. So when Gary, for example, got an opportunity to play for Man United at 14, it was a decision between him continuing an education or going and, and taking the risk. And how many footballs make it mm. these days? And Philip was in the same boat, but... My dad was like, you can always come back to your education, but this is one opportunity that you will never make get again and you'll regret it if you don't go for it. And he was always that. So actually, you say we risk a lot in our family, mm. but we it's not risk for us because I think there's a security blanket around us and a support blanket around us that actually they, they, we eliminate, we sort of eradicate the risk, but they are risks. Mm. And did you feel like your career was as celebrated as the boys' career was growing um, up? It, it was With fa- within your family. I'm talking. Um, about. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, it was only at the age of 14 that I actually knew there was a difference between male and female sport, and that was when they were making decisions to sign contracts for Manchester United as their career, and I was making decisions of which college and university right. I was going to go to or what career path I wanted to go down. But I feel that our career paths, although mine weren't as sort of in the media as much as them. They sort of followed the same trail, so we got similar caps for England. We we achieved similar within our um, you know cha- you know winning championships and stuff like that, and we sort of got the same accreditation, but in different ways. Theirs was a lot more in the media, which I look back now and I think actually when I see these girls playing, there's a future in netball, and that is such a positive. Mm-hmm. So someone like myself and the the people before me have created something now that only my brothers had at fourteen. Where now I think at 14 now, when I look at a 14 year old girl, they've got a, they can have a future in netball. They can play it professionally, and that for me is a huge step and is such a positive step for me. I don't know if I'd have liked it though at 14. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you've done. You've done something that Gary's not going to do, and that's come over to Australia and coach a team here in <laughs> Melbourne. I don't think I well, Phil, maybe, well, Phil possibly. Well, Gary's could. not really got a good history in his coaching no, career. Well, but to be honest, I did actually say to Phil, "Is there not a coaching job in Australia? Like that'd be amazing to bring all our family yeah. here." But um, I, d- I did say to Hutchie, I did say. Any, any media gigs for Gaz? <laughs> well, we could we find, find a slot here for Gaz. Don't worry about that. Hey, um, we're going to run out of time. But we, the Melbourne Mavericks, so it's a challenge. New teams that start from scratch. We've seen it in, in the world that we live in, and it is challenging because you've got to establish a culture, a strong culture right from the start, and expansion teams in the AFL, some have done it better than others. What, what was the number one priority that you put as a non-negotiable when you set up you know, the Melbourne Mavericks? Um, I think the non-negotiable was a little bit of control over which sort of playing and staff group I put together. Obviously, from history, I know what sort of characters build a great team. I know the characters that sort of surround that great team. And I think that is something that um, Sports Entertainment Network have done amazing of. Um, Simo and Hutchie have just completely let me go sort of rogue on who I want to recruit, who I want to go and support me 100% around that. And that is so important. You talked about culture. You know, coach is huge in sport now. Win or lose, you want to go into a fight with someone that you want to, you know, be able to win or lose Mm. with. And that was so important. And I think that is something that we've really been basing our team around. And I think we've got ourselves to a really great spot looking at at what they're producing currently in preseason. How do you define culture? Because everybody talks about culture when they talk about sport, but everybody has a slightly different definition of what they believe culture is. Um, Do you know, I I give the example at weekend, um, one of our top, players obviously took a serious injury at weekend and there was a there was a lot around that you know how do we bring a team do we separate do we get around each other and 
do you know what? It was absolutely a slick operation. You know, our medical staff performed their job to the best of their ability. The players then went away and supported themselves in respect to potentially coming back on court. Uh, me and the management team were putting in, you know, ambulances, getting their parents flown over. And by Sunday morning, that, you know, by Sunday lunchtime, that, that athlete had gone through, an, a, a, you know, a, a four-hour operation and her mum, her dad, um, her, all her family who oh. she wanted was there at mm. the hospital at the time. And that is a great team. And our players all met for brunch that morning. You know, literally by one o'clock, they had a parcel for her. They'd gone out and done a best, all the best things of a hamper. And I just thought, do you know what? We've moved in sort of 12 hours. Everyone's moved to get that girl in the best possible scenario she can to make the best recovery. And I thought to myself, do you know, that is what, team culture is when things are not going well that's when everyone pulls together and that was a great example on Saturday and Sunday. That's a great that's a, example. That's a great example. It's not the test you want to have because of the nature of the injury to, to Sasha but the reaction and response would be heartening. So we play our first game on the 22nd of March on a Friday so that's not too far away. The nerves, we've only got a minute or so but the nerves would be in it's <laughs> when you're nervous you know that yeah, you, you're at the right yeah. right spot. Yeah, yeah, nerves beat everything, but we're actually not due to play. We've actually got a pre-season game then, but we've actually got um, our first <sighs> game on the 14th of April. But yeah, but <laughs> good information. But um, yeah, I think I think I can't go off this program without saying that you've got to get your membership yes. now. They're on pre-sale. They yep. give you discounts on everything in respect to our trailblazer. Trailblazer merchandise and plenty more and tickets and stuff. So we need you to support. You've had an example on Saturday of what we can do. So please, we need your support in that John Kane Arena. Will you be a regular on our show? Because I think it'd be great. We're getting great reaction from the audience. They're <laughs> loving hearing from you this morning. It's not Thank just you. not just the accent. <laughs> It's well, the content. I only work upstairs. I only work four floors up. So just Good. come and grab right. me for a coffee. Yeah, I think we will. I think we will. Wait. It's great to, to you. see you. Great to have you on. We're right behind. It's all week uh, Melbourne Membership Week here for uh, Melbourne Mavericks Membership Week. And we are number one supporters. Uh, if we're not the number one ticket holders, Tim and I, then we'll be up in the top ten, surely. Uh, come and sit next to me on the bench. Good on you, Trey. Thanks for coming <laughs> Thank in. You. Tracy Neville from the Melbourne Mavericks. Thank you.